Hello and welcome back to Film Noir Podcast. We are a podcast that reviews and analyzes films that are written by, directed by, or starring women and discuss their representation pertaining to the industry and what we see on screen. Um, I'm Serena. And I'm Whitney. And today we will be talking about the movie 10 Things I Hate About You. We're going to kind of go through just like the plot of everything that happens in the movie and talk about a lot of the prominent themes and just what makes the movie good, things that we liked about it, what works for it, things that don't. Um, and then afterwards, of course, we're going to play FMF, our favorite game, where we take the prominent men of the film and we rate them. Um, after that, we'll rate the actual movie, 10 being a perfect film. A 5 would kind of be like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Probably wouldn't watch it again, though. And a 1 is just should have left it on the cutting room floor. Don't even know why you continue trying to make this. <laughs> after that, of course, we'll shout out our Patreon VIPs. Um, and we'll give you recommendations of movies that we think are similar if you liked this one. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and jump right in. Uh, Whitney, do you mm -hmm. want to give us a synopsis? Yeah, so first, um, this movie was directed by Gil Junger. Um, you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. It stars Heath Ledger, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Julia Stiles, Larissa Olianik, and Andrew Keegan. And it's a movie about a pretty popular teenager who can't go out on a date until her ill-tempered older sister does, based off of William Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew. Um, I'm going to start off with first thoughts. Um, and I'm just going to tell you right now, this is my all-time number one favorite movie. Like, this has been my number one favorite movie for the past, like, 15 years. Like, ever since I saw it this has been my movie it's um, so memorable it's it's memorable it's quotable it's relatable um there's so many good things about it especially considering like it's it's almost surprising how many good things there are about it once you find out how problematic the source material was oh my god and even for like the time that it was written like mm. and made as a movie like watching the movie from like what early 90s late 90s i want to say it's 1990 let me double check yeah, that because it's like 2000 is their prom i think mm -hmm. yeah that's right with the posters yeah so it's like a graduating class of 2000 and like we're watching it 23 years later <laughs> and we're like yeah no mm -hmm. i love this movie <laughs> and like a lot of it kind of still holds up and isn't like you know Gut yeah. and 
embarrassing when you think about it, you know? No. Well, and what's even more amazing about it, uh, considering it's been 23, 23 years later, and so many people still love this movie and quote it all the time, is that the screenwriters, Karen McCullough and Kirsten Smith, it was their first screenplay. They After this movie, they went on to write Legally Blonde, House Bunny, She's the Man. So just like awesome favorite all-time great movies what a lineup (laughs) dang so good Mm -hmm. yeah no i freaking love this movie i quote it all the time Mm -hmm. too many times probably people are like what are you even referring to and i'm like it's 10 things i hate about you (laughs) this so i quote this movie constantly and then the other one i quote almost as much is uh mean girls with Lindsay Lohan but that's it's more mostly just one specific quote from Mean Girls and that's um on Wednesdays we wear pink oh okay (laughs) every time I think of Mean Girls the one scene that like lives in my head is the one where (laughs) um Tina Fey is like welcoming the new student from Africa and she like looks at the black girl and the black girl goes I'm not new (laughs) (laughs) and then Lindsay Lohan walks in I just think about the scene all the time yeah Uh, yeah she wrote Tina Fey didn't she help write that movie yeah I'm pretty sure her and uh, Amy Poehler were like the writers of that one Mm -hmm. I'm fairly certain maybe we should do an episode about that we should Mm mm-hmm you definitely should. I'm down. Me too. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we're going to start off with the beginning of the movie. So, first thing that happens, um, honestly, okay, the opening scene of this movie is kind of brilliant because it really just, it shows you exactly, like, who everybody is. And, like, Mm -hmm. you go through and you kind of meet all the characters, but, like, you get exactly what, like, the big themes of the movie are. Um, You're introduced to basically, like, all of their perceived stereotypes that they are in and see other people in. Mm -hmm. And just, like, the dynamic of everyone, like, the social dynamic of the school. Um, So immediately we come into the film and we see a group of girls in a car and they're just you know bop into some like pop song on the radio and then our main character pulls up in a car right next to him with like all of her windows down and the song bad reputation is playing um and it's like so loud like it drowns out the other girls music and they basically like look at her and then she looks at them and they like like avert their eyes out of like fear or something and then the light turns and she like beats off iconic yeah it's it's such a great like opener because we don't even know the name of the main character at this point we just know like yeah she's the main character Mm -hmm. for sure and we know everything we need to know we we know that she is feared she doesn't give a damn about her bad reputation (laughs) she's proud of it yeah it's like a badge of honor Mm -hmm. um and then of course we get to the school um, we see the same character, Kat, walk up to a prom poster and like tear it down. And then the girl is putting up the posters is like, oh my God, hey, why'd you do that? <laughs> Which honestly is just funny. It's very um, 
uh, Avatar, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Cabbage, um, cabbage, cabbage man. man. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Because they do that so many times. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's literally just the opening. And then it immediately cuts to Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character sitting in, like, the counseling office or something. I think it says guidance counselor on the door. And she's like, oh, I'll be right with you. And the guidance counselor is just, like, at her computer, you know, typing away what we assume is doing normal guidance counselor things. And then it cuts to her screen. And she's, like, straight up writing smut. Like on the job with minors just (laughs) (laughs) just constantly um which is hilarious but also one of those things it's just like obviously we know that this is unacceptable (laughs) Mm -hmm. like everyone knows it's unacceptable it's kind of like why it's funny and in the play but like even at the time it probably wasn't acceptable (laughs) just kind of to show like this is how ridiculous, like, this is, and probably also a nod to just like Shakespeare and his like absurdism humor. I didn't think about that, but that's a good point. Yeah, I just well, I, I figured um, it was just setting the tone. Yeah, it definitely sets the tone, and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, we find out that Cameron through their conversation is an army brat. And essentially, she kind of just writes him off and, like, lets him go. She's like, yeah, this school isn't going to be any different than your other schools. You've seen it. It's all the same thing you've seen before. And then she says the best. This is actually one of the things I quote from this the most. Where she goes, like, they're the same little ass wipe shit for brains everywhere. <laughs> and she, like, flips off, like, a student that just, like, threw, like, their lunch at her window. <laughs> And she just says it all with a smile, and it's just hilarious. And also, her name is Miss Perky, which is just funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, well, I like it because she herself is a very perky person, despite the fact that she's, <laughs> like, she just hates everything about the school. Yeah, like, the way she's Very, like, very fake it till you lines. make it. Yeah. And also, she rates smut. yeah yeah that's true (laughs) it's not Shakespeare there are no puns involved Mm -hmm. um so yeah Cameron's like am I in the right office and she's like well you shouldn't be here any longer I've got deviance to see in the novel to finish so scoot which is the entrance of Heath Ledger as Patrick Verona who is in the counselor's office because he Because he allegedly exposed himself to the lunch lady. (laughs) (laughs) But it turns out to be a prank, and it was just, uh, what do you call it, a bratwurst? Yeah, it was a prank. It was a bratwurst. And she looks him up and down and goes, hmm, aren't we the optimist? (laughs) Which, again, fucked up. But, like, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, and his reaction is exactly what it should be. He's like, that is disgusting. What did you just say to me? <laughs> but that really does kind of give you, like, the the just lack of regard for the students at the school by mm-hmm. the faculty. Except for the teacher, which I think is kind of an important character because he's probably the only, like, 
adult figure in the movie other than the dad that like kind of takes like what he does seriously and like actually kind of cares about like the students and stuff he like says he doesn't but like he does does or at least he... about their like learning okay he he cares about their learning i'll give you that yeah but i don't does he care about the students i think he hates them almost just as much as mrs perky <laughs> i think it's kind of like one of those hates where he's like like i think in my opinion, he is the kind of teacher where he, like, acts, like, all nonchalant and everything, but, like, he does love teaching and he does care about his students, but he's also, like, the favorite, you know? You and, had like, me up it. until the favorite. Oh, okay. Um... Like, there's always that teacher that, like, everybody loves, but then, like, the people that they pick on, like, hate him, but purely because he's rightfully picking on them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I I agree. But I think it's important, and I'll uh, I'll get to that later during a scene. Um, but yeah, he's hilarious. Um, so after the guidance counselor and just the tone being set there, um, we are given a scene with Michael, who is another kind of reoccurring side character. Um, he introduces himself to Cameron. Hey, I'm Cam or I'm Michael. Um, I'm here to show you around. And Cameron immediately is like, "Oh, great! Like, super awesome. I am normally sent those like AV geeks, and you know, it's so nice not to have one of those." To which Michael um, doesn't actually get to reply. Someone behind him goes, "Hey, Michael, where should we put the slides with this giant like AV <laughs> cart?" AV <laughs> cart, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "Michael," um, which like. Who's Michael? Um, which really tells you everything you need to know about his character. He works a lot about his, or he works a lot to maintain an no. image that isn't super nerd. Like, even though he is mm -hmm. one, he doesn't want to come across that way, which works because Cameron was like, oh, yeah, you're not one of those guys. And then was like, oh, just kidding, you are. Um, well, and this was, this was back before, um, yeah, like nerds were cool type of thing. Where nerds were very much like, uh, I don't want to be a nerd. Like, nerd's an insult. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, just the interaction of, like, what Cameron sees in Michael as being, like, whatever he sees him as. And then Michael actually being very different from that perception is just a reoccurring theme of, like, these are the the facades and the faces that we show to other people versus who we actually are when it comes down to it is this whole theme throughout the movie and so yeah so we see that um he kind of gives him like the rundown of the school he like shows him like all the little clicks and everything um and then <laughs> walks by Bianca Stratford and time slows down <laughs> <laughs> it's love at first sight for literally him. cameron is in love with this girl who is that like she's amazing i need to know who she is cameron's like okay she's just like the popular pretty girl like calm down and he's like no she's literally amazing and i'm in love with her and he's like okay she's kind of shallow and you know maybe gets an hour first or something i don't know <laughs> and he's like how can you say that about her she's not shallow and then they give us a nice little scene between um bianca and her 
BFF. Chastity. Mm -hmm. Which I also love that they call her Chastity, considering like this whole movie is about sex. Oh, yeah, Chastity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hilarious, especially since she's very much not Chase. Chased. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're having a conversation and they're discussing the difference between like and love. A very philosophical idea. Um, and it, it introduces the fact that, like, as, like, well, because she gives us this great quote, quote, um, uh, the, I like my Skechers, but I love my Prada backpack, but I love my sketch. I, I love my Skechers. Well, that's because you yeah. don't have a Prada backpack. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And well, and we see like, even though that these girls, um, and all of these characters are like mm -hmm. high schoolers, they do have like this deeper inner, um, thought process that, mm -hmm. that they're taking these, um, high concept ideas and translating them into ideas that are more accessible to them and more relevant to them. Yeah. And that, yes, they are shallow, but they're shallow in a way that interests them and like <laughs> gives them access or, and like, that like it's it, they're not just shallow they do have a lot of depth to them they are very smart characters yeah like and, depth isn't the one thing we assume it to be mm -hmm. and it's, it's more of the facade of like i'm presenting this shallow um face but like deep down i'm i'm not that shallow yeah because like the difference between like and love that's honestly a great analogy for it mm -hmm. <laughs> because like some people couldn't even put that into words they don't even know what love is or what liking something is and so mm -hmm. to be able to actually take that concept and to condense it down into something that you can tangibly like access and understand like in your own world is very like that's a skill that's what we mm -hmm. pay writers to do yeah <laughs> like, exactly pay people and like comedians that's what phil philosophers are for like that's literally like not an easy thing to do that's why songwriting is so like important and lyricist mm -hmm. and like all of that stuff so it's like it may seem like a dumb thing in the way it's presented which it should it's presented that way on purpose to kind of get you as the audience to be like oh lol so funny throwaway line but then when you actually think about the line you're like wait that's actually <laughs> a fairly good analogy especially coming from like two teenage girls that are mm -hmm. sophomores i think mm -hmm. in this movie to be able to like you know conceptualize it that way um, yeah and we get so many more great lines from her later too bianca we really do she's so yeah <laughs> she is um, and she knows it yeah like she knows that she's smart she doesn't mind having these conversations and doesn't really care that other people are like oh let's look she's just thinking things <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so we get that um, to which Cameron honestly is like, like, I don't know what you're talking about because I think that that was brilliant. So <laughs> I want to get to know her. Um, Cameron gets it. Cameron gets it. <laughs> uh, to which Michael reveals that um, she's looking for a French tutor. And Cameron's like, perfect. And he's like, you know French. That's cool. And he's like, uh, no, I don't actually know French, but I will. It was just 
is a funny line, but also like, yeah, he's really going to teach himself French so that he can have a chance to talk to this girl because she can't date. Big problem. She so Bianca, yeah. So um does at this point is this when Cameron says that she's not allowed to date? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um he goes, I like, my... don't think about it. Um it is a widely known fact that the Stratford sisters don't date. We don't know who Bianca's sister is. We just know that Bianca is the one that has caught Cameron's interest. Um we don't actually meet Kat and know her like actual name as Kat until the next scene i think okay i've watched this movie so many times that um it it, sometimes the timeline just blurs together for me no honestly yeah um (laughs) apologies if we skip around on accident (laughs) (laughs) we tried to take notes and make them in order but you know we just get so excited really um my one of my favorite parts about the whole like um do you know french no, but I can learn. Is like he's like, oh, I gotta better myself. I I gotta get myself on her level before I even approach her. Dude, yeah, and people are like, oh, she's so dumb. And he's like, I have to like study <laughs> to be able to talk to her. <laughs> this is so cute. Mm-hmm. That is the only response any man should ever have. Exactly. I need to get on her level. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so we find out she can't date. The only way that he can get to even talk to her is through this French class. Um, And then we skip over to Kat, who is in her classroom. Um, And she very much is posed as like like one of those like quote-unquote angry feminists in this movie. Um, Because... I believe the teacher asked them how they felt about the writing assignment, which is The Sun Also Rises, which is written by Hemingway. And she's like, well, no, someone else in the in the show, it, Lord Almighty, <laughs> someone else in the classroom, <laughs> someone else in the classroom is like, oh, it's such a romantic like story. And she's like, okay, literally, what are you talking about? Did you read it? Because essentially, this is just Hemingway you know hanging around with picasso trying to nail his leftovers and they're like okay like do you really have to have an opinion about everything and like you know say it out loud because god forbid someone do that especially Mm -hmm. a woman (laughs) um yeah and it's kind of like a back and forth as a classroom where they're like oh she's like on her period can we get her to take her mind before she comes to class and they're like dude you're such a dick (laughs) so that's that's when we're introduced to joey i believe Yes. Um, and so Joey is just like he's your stereotypical popular pretty boy that everyone wants to date. He's very um, pretty. He is. And the so worst pretty. insult people can give him throughout the movie is just like, fine, pretty boy. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, like, because like he's played by a person of color, but like every time they like come up with like a nickname for him, like, yeah, it's probably problematic that he probably isn't like actually the same like ethnicity as the actors they're calling him but they only compare him to like hot men (laughs) that are like well established in their craft (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is but yeah but right away like i mean we we just we find out that he's a jerk um, yeah he's a dick (laughs) yeah despite his pretty exterior even the teacher's like dude one of these days 
something's gonna happen and like i can't wait for that day because i'm not gonna do a fucking thing and so yeah he's like egging cat on cat's like why can't we like you know this is honestly one of my favorite scenes in the movie where she's like why can't we read books like by the bronte sisters or like simone de beauvoir and the teacher who is black by the way is like you know what cat i want to thank you for your point of view but the next time <laughs> you decide to storm the pta about better lunch meat or whatever it is you white girls care about why don't you ask them why we can't buy a book written by a black man <laughs> to which the response in the room is from the white rostas <laughs> cheering him on going let's write mon and he just goes don't even get me started about you two <laughs> which is my favorite scene because like as a person that went to many a school with white rastafarian stonehead potheads like <laughs> oh my god i've never been more annoyed by people that will act like that and completely ignore and think mm -hmm. that because i'm black i must be like them and i'm like you do realize that everything you are taking for your own from the culture is very much cherry picked and only for your pleasure like you didn't have to do any of the stuff like you don't have to worry about the stereotypes or like any of that stuff that's that comes with all of that like if i were to do that people would automatically assume that i'm like a deadbeat or that i don't care about anything or that i don't have a job like it automatically makes me look worse mm -hmm. than you would ever be considered strictly because you're white so like literally shut up <laughs> don't yeah. pretend don't pretend that you care about black people and black liberation while cherry picking your favorite parts of them and not worrying about the rest <laughs> like no well they i mean like you can even see that in the movie itself um yeah. when they're being introduced uh in towards the uh beginning they're called uh liberal semi-political and then karen cuts in and he's like but they just smoke a bunch of pot right like that was the worst <laughs> thing about them was they just smoke a bunch of pot like they just smoke a lot otherwise of yeah otherwise they're you know very progressive people <laughs> yeah so annoying anyway but yeah i was like wow that representation is so much and i was like yes black teacher you tell them because <laughs> mm -hmm. i feel like people like often don't even think about that like they're like like white people will be like it's very much the same idea of the whole film get out is how mm. you'll be like oh i want to pick all of the best parts of being black but not have to go through any of the oppression and completely ignore that that's a thing that black people have to deal with every day mm-hmm yeah anyway so yeah he does that um <laughs> what's his face walks in patrick walks through mm -hmm. the door and goes sorry i'm like what did i miss and cat goes just the misogynistic patriarchal values that dictate our education system and he says good and leaves <laughs> which is just funny because like that is a good thing to miss yeah yeah if there's ever a class to skip it's gonna be that one <laughs> yes the patriarchal values that are dictating our education system um 
Yeah, and then she gets sent out of class to the office because she's being a nuisance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so she goes to the office. We meet the guidance counselor again, who very much is very obviously writing smut, and everyone knows it. Um, yeah, because at this point, she, like, uh, Patrick and Kat have both mentioned it, and then Miss um, Perky herself, I think, tried to mention it to, like, her assistant or another office she, she assistant asked, yeah she asked what another word for the for engorged is and cat's like tumescent as she so another very smart office. character <laughs> so mm-hmm. funny um yeah so she like uses big words which we get another great glimpse of when she sits down and she is talking to the guidance counselor and she's like so i hear you're bothering so-and-so's class again and she's like oh yeah apparently like voicing my opinion is like a crime (laughs) and she's like okay cat people perceive you as somewhat and cat goes tempestuous and miss perky goes Heinous bitch is the term used most often. (laughs) Um, Which is just a great back and forth because it really shows you like, yeah, she's really smart. um, But. And she knows how people perceive her. People see her and she knows it because she gets that said to her and her response is to just kind of look up and like laugh. Like, yeah, nice. Another little badge for me to wear. Um, And essentially the guidance counselor just tells her like, you should maybe work on that like maybe work on not being horrible to people um get some more friends yeah get people to like you a little bit you don't have to like always be so mean um i think that was probably like the one time she actually like did her job like, she actually advice. gave some counseling <laughs> some guidance mm-hmm. <laughs> and then of course you know she's all right well i'll leave and have fun with Reginald's quivering member. <laughs> quivering member. I like that. <laughs> um, so we go outside in between passing periods, I'm assuming. Um, we now get a better look at Joey and how much of an asshole he is. Um, as he's with his friends. And his friends are Virgin Alert, your favorite, when Bianca walks by. Um, to which they have a horrible conversation where... Honestly, I am going to quote this one because the words mm-hmm. that they use are so, they're so specific and, ugh. um, so yeah, they say virgin alert, your fave. Um, and then someone comments like, oh, she's out of reach even for you. And he goes, no one's out of my reach. And then he goes like, oh, you want to put some money on that? And he goes, money I've got this I'm going to do for fun. Fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever had any doubts that he wasn't a good person, this should have erased them from your mind. It should have. Yeah. What's funny about this fact or this scene to me is that like, like it was written by women and like any woman that watched that was like, oh my God, these guys are the worst. Mm -hmm. Most of the men at the time of watching this movie when it came out and a lot of men even now to this day are just like that's so funny because it's just far too accurate of how men talk to each other about women yeah the whole uh, (laughs) oh it's just locker room talk yeah 
Yeah. But it is one of those scenes where it's like you you pay attention to how they talk about Bianca and then contrast it with how like Cameron is thinking about Bianca. Like he was very nice. He never said anything about like her being dumb or wanting to just like screw her over um, or like have her as like a physical trophy. Like Uh that's never how he felt and how he saw her, Um, which you get throughout the movie. um, Literally throughout the whole movie. (laughs) Anytime Uh he's and like not even just about Bianca, but about like every woman, like any woman that he refers to ever is talked about as an actual human being. Yeah, he's he never says a single bad thing mm-hmm. about a woman. And not even like a not even like a oh she's just tempest tempestuous. Like yeah. he he like like the worst thing I think he ever says about anyone is cat and she's like and he says, "Oh yeah, I heard she's a little uh difficult." Like not <laughs> yeah. even not even mean, just like he's this saying like, difficult. "Oh yeah, she's a very complex character." Like She's got, you know, a lot of depth that people Actually, aren't trying to gonna aren't trying you know to it like is. it's Bianca is talking to him in their French lesson and mm-hmm. she says, Oh yeah, my sister's a bitch. And then Karen replies, uh, yeah, I could I, I've heard she can be a bit difficult. <laughs> Which is like, how is he being even more respectful than the girl's actual sister? <laughs> well, probably because, you know, yeah, definitely it is her sister. sister. Yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, um he's great. Mm-hmm. We um, stand Cameron. And I lied. We actually found out that the French tutors that she's looking for a French tutor now. Because he asks who Joey is and he's like, That guy's horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would Bianca see in that guy? Yeah, she just walks away. She says like a quick, witty little statement, doesn't even give him the time of day. Um, and just like, you know goes on with her day um to which joey's like dang i didn't get to her this time so then he just kind of like speeds off and goes and talks to bianca and offers her a ride um to which you know they see and they're like oh wonderful bianca's getting a ride home with joey we still don't know their sisters at this point <laughs> um not until afterwards when cat drives off and she almost hits michael on his bike and Michael tells Cameron, like, Cameron's like, oh, my God, like, are you okay? And he's like, oh, Michael yeah, you drives know. off a small cliff. <laughs> Another wonderful nod to Shakespeare's drama. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good. Um, yeah, he goes like, oh, yeah, just, you know, another encounter with the shrew. That's your girlfriend's sister, by the way. Um which again just kind of solidifies the fact that nobody likes Kat or sees her as a likable person at all. Um, so then we go home and Kat's reading the bell jar and her dad walks in and goes like, hello, Kat, make anyone cry today? She goes, sadly, no, but it's only 4.30. Bianca comes in and says, hey, dad. And dad says, hello, precious, which even in that interaction shows you the dynamic. <laughs> like literally everyone thinks that Bianca is the sweetest most pure person on the planet and that cat is cat <laughs> she <laughs> is to be feared and mm-hmm. 
will do whatever she wants and should be expected at this point. Um, I think that's interesting because just, just as a movie to like ingrain those kind of details into how people talk about the characters or like how other characters refer to other characters is very telling mm-hmm. of just like it's a really good way when you're writing um of a way to like get a good feel for your character without ever having to like know the character like if we yeah. just had just that interaction of like them on the phone even and mm-hmm. you like didn't see Kat or Bianca from any other point in the movie and like it opened up here you would still know everything you need to know about Kat and Bianca oh yeah like for <laughs> mm-hmm and you know that you can trust it fairly well, too, especially considering it's coming from dad. the dad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's really good writing. Um, so, yeah, so they're at home. Uh, they're just like, you know, cute little family. Uh, Kat gets into the school, Sarah Lawrence, um, which is a point of contention because the dad is like, oh, Sarah Lawrence, I thought you were going to go to school locally, you know, go to the same one that I went to super fun and she kind of responds like I didn't decide you decided so no that's not what I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the thing for me and he's like oh okay so what are you gonna just like pack up and leave like I'm still your father you're my daughter and that's how this works um to which of course we get the nice little sisterly poke from Bianca who's like oh yeah let's hope she just gets up and leave (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> which then prompts a dig from Kat about Bianca to her dad saying, oh, we'll ask her who drove her home, which is where we really get the whole idea and kind of like the first turning point of the movie, um, which is the change of the rules of the new dating. Um, and so essentially dad finds out boy drove her home, doesn't like the boy. They have this argument about it. Bianca's like, I'm the only person in school that doesn't date. And he's like, that's not true. Your sister doesn't date. And she's like, that doesn't count because she's a mutant and nobody <laughs> likes her. Okay, well, fine. If that's how it is and you want to date so badly, then I'll make a new rule. New rule is Bianca can date when Kat does. <laughs> Which is funny. Mm-hmm. Just the, the way he delivers the line is great. And, you know, we love this guy because he not only plays a great hilarious dad in this movie but he's also the wonderful hairdresser from princess diaries <laughs> <laughs> the the one who um gave another great line um after uh anne hathaway yeah after anne hathaway says i look like a moose he goes yes but you make all the other boy mooses go Why? <laughs> um but jumping back to something great about you one of the great things about the dad though is the fact that he knows who Joey is, like, right off the bat. Like, as soon as he hears, oh, she got a ride home with Joey, like, he knows his daughters well enough to know that one loves to be feared, the other one loves to feel, um, uh, um, to be popular, to be, you know, the, the liked. <laughs> liked, thank you. She likes being liked. Yeah. Um, and... So he knows his daughters, he knows the kids at their school, he knows their reputations. Like, he is a present dad in their lives. He's overprotective, but he knows them and kind of, like, what's going on in their day-to-day. 
he really does which is really funny considering he's a doctor and mm-hmm. literally gets called like immediately after this conversation to go to work <laughs> yeah which I feel like isn't shown a lot of times like a lot of times when it's like the dad as the main care or like the main caregiver of like Mm -hmm. or like the dad as like the single parent Mm -hmm. but he's generally kind of like seen as like always gone works too hard doesn't have time for his Mm -hmm. kids whereas like no he's very much present he knows his kids he knows a lot about them like to the point where he can like literally predict things as yeah like yeah having to like get the anything 1999 and he's (laughs) <laughs> yeah 1999 and he's achieved work-life balance honestly as a single dad as a single dad yeah and like he doesn't say anything bad about the moms like the and the girls aren't like don't have to fend for themselves either like like at no point in this movie do we get the like impression that like one of them has had to parent the other because mm-hmm. that's kind of the point of contention for Kat and um, Bianca is that like you know Kat's the older sister she's trying to like protect Bianca everyone's trying to pre- protect Bianca and Bianca's kind of just like I have a dad you're not my dad you're my sister <laughs> yeah I want you to be my sister and not my protector yeah well and like you said it's she's a protector not a parent um, yeah. so it's not like she's trying to teach Bianca like the ways of the world she's just she's like i know the ways of the world and they're not great so i'm gonna try to spare you that trust me on this one (laughs) yeah which i feel being the oldest (laughs) yeah second oldest here i had a i had my younger brothers to worry about (laughs) um oh yeah so now's the scene where um Cameron and Bianca are tutoring. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're in the library. They're talking. Cameron essentially asks her out. Says like, "Oh, we should go get food somewhere. Or maybe if it's like school related, your dad will let you do it." And she's like, "Well, no." But also, at this point, my dad just changed the rule. So if you really did want to take me out, like, you would just have to find someone to take my sister out. Um, this is, yeah, that conversation that we were talking about where he refers to Kat very nicely and respectfully. Mm-hmm. Um, even to the, down to the point where he's like, yeah, it's like extreme dating. Like, she's not horrible. It's just like, you know, a thrill. <laughs> yeah. He kind of sold that, though. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Bianca is just manipulating this poor cinnamon roll of a boy. Yeah, she's manipulating the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. Because immediately after well not even like as she's doing it she goes like you would do that for me and then like immediately later like is hanging out with joey and is like yeah we should go hang out (laughs) yeah like and she's aware of what she's doing like oh fully knows it Mm -hmm. (laughs) she well she she always gets her way and so she has no doubt in her mind that she'll get her way again through Cameron yeah. and there and she and so far in her mind just doesn't believe that there's going to be consequences for for this. Yeah, she definitely doesn't understand that there are consequences for people who are manipulative even if they're pretty. Because like mm-hmm. I mean what you have with that everyone else in the school also gets away with it. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that prompts Cameron to 
talk to Michael and try to get a plan going of like finding who they can to take date to take date out <laughs> to take cat out on a date they gather up a group of guys and they're like oh yes this is these are these are options are great and they all are like absolutely not it's really funny little comedic scene um and basically they end up in class kind of deciding oh you know what our classmate patrick might be the perfect guy um patrick being the guy that is sitting next to his best friend who's like this hardcore punk looking guy um dissecting a frog he like stabs the frog and he's like playing with the fire he like lights a cigarette in the middle of the class and the punk friend like takes a cigarette out of his like mouth and like puts it out and so like, like in, in the, the frog day. yeah <laughs> he does yeah and imagine like okay so just imagine like i'm sure at this point most everyone has dissected a frog for school at some point like you know mm-hmm. how nasty that smells now imagine like putting a cigarette out in <laughs> that frog should have caught on fire oh yeah true like why would they just have open flame? well it was a bunsen burner he turned it on yeah oh my god yeah <laughs> and yeah so they really just give you like the visual like we haven't heard much from or about Patrick at all just that he's like flirty he's played a prank and he skips class and we see him now oh yeah he skips class and we see him now in contrast with who is generally the stereotypical like bad guy does all of those things as well and he is definitely worse <laughs> mm-hmm. like even the visual of that really kind of gives you everything you need to know about Patrick in that moment. Um, I think they try to approach him in their next class, uh, which is like a word working class or something. He's like, mm-hmm. through the textbook, they don't even get a chance to, to ask their question. <laughs> um, kind of leads them to have kind of like a defeat and they're like, okay, obviously this guy's perfect because of just everything about him would scream like like he wouldn't be scared of cat mm-hmm. people are scared of him people are scared of cat now they can be a power couple together honestly um so yeah this kind of leads to the next main plot point of the movie being they need to find a way to get patrick to take cat out um which leads them to joey um they they essentially decide like oh maybe we could pay him and he would take cat out that way i can hang out with bianca um and yeah and they're like okay well let's pitch it this way they go up to they go up to joey and they pitch to joey that like everyone's in love with Bianca especially also Joey and it's very widely known so he's like well if you want to go out with her just get someone to date her sister we already know the perfect guy um you get to date her and uh it's great like the only thing that we want is to be considered cool like we say hi to you in the hallway you say hi back um he's like yeah cool cool by association got it 
Um, he's completely unaware of the fact that their plan is actually to get him to pay Patrick to take Cat out so that while Joey is setting up his dates, he can <laughs> Cameron can actually be hanging out with Bianca. <laughs> I feel like as smart as this theoretically is, only a high school guy could come up with this. <laughs> and think it would work. And sorry, and let me clarify and think that it would work. And think that it would work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um and honestly, considering that this is also the plot of the play, like the whole thing of the play is that like like uh Bianca can't get married until Kat does. They need to find someone to marry Kat. And like the way that they go about it in the play isn't even like this. Like it's just worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like in the play, the the plan is oh, I know this guy, he kind of sucks and he doesn't care who he marries as long as she's rich. And Kat's rich, so he'll marry her without even seeing her. And so they go to him and they're like, you should marry her. And he goes, okay. Because <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the rest of the play is him trying to get his wife to be obedient, which, wow. Mm-hmm. yikes so like the fact that they were able to take that and turn it into let's get this guy to think that he's being the guy like and paying him to go out on the dates but then we actually get to hang out with the girl in the end is like perfect like t- to change it to that is <laughs> mm-hmm. brilliant and smart yeah writing geniuses honestly so yeah, so that is the plan. Um, they don't even really have to do anything. He, I'm sorry, you just said you basically unintentionally quoted the movie. I did, yeah. <laughs> I realized it as soon as it came into my mouth. I'm gonna go show some someone else the plan. <laughs> uh, great scene. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Joey now is gonna go approach. Patrick and be like, hey, Patrick, I'm uh, gonna pay you to take this girl out. And he's like, literally, what? <laughs> <laughs> who are you? I don't even know who you are. And he goes, that doesn't matter. You see that girl points to Kat. I want to take out her sister. Only way I'll be able to take her out is if I find someone to take Kat out. So how about I pay you to do it? And he's like, mm, no. And he goes, I'll pay you a lot. To which he's kind of like, yeah, this is still dumb, but I could probably get some money out of it. So that's fun. Like, let me just play around with the pretty boy. And he ups his price like a lot. Mm-hmm. I think Joey offered like $20. And then uh, I think it almost started with like $10, to be honest. I think. Yeah, it's like a low number. Mm-hmm. And then Kat does something and he raises it by like $10. He's like, fine, 30 <laughs> And Patrick's like, excuse me? <laughs> Let's say I do take her out. We go see a movie. That's already like 40 bucks. <laughs> he goes, we get popcorn. Now we're looking at... 45? Oh, like 48, 45. <laughs> and he's like, she wants some raisinettes. Now we're at like 52. So maybe... 
Give me a little bit more money than that. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember how this one. Um, well, they got to the raisinets and it got to 72. I think he said, let's round it up to like 75. <laughs> For one date, right? And he's like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. I'll pay you 75 bucks. Um, you take her out. Deal's a deal. And then, of course, Patrick tries to like, you know, go up to Kat and be like, hey, girly. Just immediately. <laughs> knowing nothing about her. Yeah, kind literally of. just walks I mean, it is a fairly small school, it seems. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, girly, um, how you doing? And she's like, sweating like a pig, actually. Oh, just what every like, man wants to hear. Yeah, he's like, oh, every man wants to hear. And she goes, ah, my goal in life. <laughs> but obviously, Nancy, so the world makes sense again. She walks off. He's like, I'll take it never been before and she goes what like the broadway on 7-eleven the 7-eleven on broadway what do you want fuck boy <laughs> you know same difference and yes i did just quote that entire scene yeah <laughs> we've seen this movie too many times so great um <laughs> so yeah she's like what do you want he's like obviously i just want to take you out and she's like no like why would i do that um go along be on your way she like walks away leaving him defeated uh so that's cat one patrick zero (laughs) 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 um so then of course they're presented with the problem of sorry i don't even i was writing down the scoreboard right now um let me go to my notes um but basically now michael and cameron have to go and be like hey so now that um joey's approached you patrick about dating you should know that we actually came up with that plan sorry you're you are skipping a bit yeah um so after this uh we've got the short scene where we learn that the mom's not dead she's left because they talk about bianca's pearls the pearls yeah um and the pearls are a nice little touch because pearls are always have always been considered kind of like as a visual cue for like um elegance and class and um maturity um and now we see that even though bianca's very young she's now wearing pearls and she's kind of like growing into um you know being a teenager um but right after that they um i believe patrick is outside the music store leaning on cat's car and cat mm-hmm. comes out of the music store and patrick tries to hit on her again he tries oh, to like show in- <laughs> yeah he he tries to show interest like in her car because it's an old car like it's a very old beat up car but it mm-hmm. and i don't i don't know cars myself but it's in the style, yeah, well, it's in the style of, like, an old classic car. So I'm I'm yeah. assuming it's an old uh, classic. And really, the only people who drive those cars are people who are car people. Um, so he sees her in, like, a small music store um, with her old classic car and, like, tries to relate to, relate to her through her interests. And she because just, like... the first time didn't work, so... Yeah. <laughs> Well, the first time he tries to come off as like this smooth, suave guy, right? Well, 
Yeah. He tries flirting with her. He tries to do like, you know, the gen- very general broad stroke pickup line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now, yeah. And now that that's failed, he's like, all right, let's get a little bit more um, focused here. Let's go for her interests. And she opens up to him like a little bit. Like she kind of laughs at him and doesn't like immediately shoot him down, but still kind of like does shoot him down. It's like, all right, we've had our fun. Now be on your way. Um, and then we get the second PMS joke. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, and then as Kat's about to leave, Joey pulls up right behind her and uh, gets out of his car and boxes her in. Yeah. And Kat and Joey... <laughs> yeah, Kat and Joey are oil and fire. Like, when they're, to- when they're together, it's just bad things happen. Um, and so she... Backs up into his car and just punches a hole in it, um, and then and then we get the second uh, PMS joke of uh, the movie where it smash cuts to the dad going, "Whoops, whoops, my insurance doesn't cover whoops, um, or doesn't cover PMS." PMS. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll tell them I had a seizure. <laughs> Great. Um, Yeah. No, that scene is awesome, too, because it really does kind of show you, like, okay, she's entertaining Patrick, like, even a little bit. Mm -hmm. Much more than she would with Joey. Um, And that kind of shows you just kind of, like, in her head where both of them stand. Like, for us, we know Joey is, like, deplorable. We hate him. She does not like Joey. She does not engage with Joey. She immediately does the thing to, like just get out of the situation like whatever it takes kind of a thing doesn't engage Mm -hmm. just you know acts with with Patrick so far she's still kind of like toying with him in a way like she's still engaging and entertaining like the fact that he is trying to talk to her and approaching her like even though she's being like funny and witty and you know like turning him down she's doing it in her in a much different way than she does with Joey whereas like she's still engaging with him and like kind of having that like repertoire like that back mm-hmm. and forth like, banter like banter yeah um but it's still now cat to Patrick Zero yes I do have a tally going <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so basically the dad's mad he's like literally could you be nicer to people? Because, like, now I have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Bianca comes in and is like, oh, my God, what did you do to Joey's car? I can't believe you did that. And she's like, literally, you're so mean, blah, blah, blah. I hate you so much, man. Um, <laughs> kind of just showing you again, like, the dynamic of the sisters, one of them being super alike, the other one not being liked, the one liking, the one that is liked, really caring about being liked and likes being liked. And Kat being like, I don't care about that at all like I literally don't care and you shouldn't either <laughs> this is constant thing between the two of them of like Kat being like you don't have to always be who you want them to who they want you to be you can be your own person like she she tries very hard to be cow counter culture yeah um is this when they uh, so the next Patrick's price goes up. He um, approaches Joey and is yeah. like, hey, look, you know, she's a pretty badass girl. This is going to be hard. 
two times um, now this has backfired so yeah um and then and then that's when Cameron and Michael decide to help because obviously it's not going very well um so Cameron and Bianca raid uh Kat's bedroom and they find um kind of like more of what interests Kat and kind of like what makes Kat mm-hmm. Kat and, and they also let Patrick know at this point that like Mm-hmm. The whole point oh. is so Joey gets the girl. It's so that Cameron gets the girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they clue in. They clue in Patrick to the, mm-hmm. yeah, to the to the overall um, goal. Um, yeah. But while we're in, which he kind of goes along with, you know, he's like, yeah. okay, yeah, that's better than Joey. Joey sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he, sure. and, well, and he doesn't care because he's getting paid either way. But I mean, I did because because we do know that he's a good guy that he would you know probably prefer that you know a nice girl be taken care of who gets mm-hmm. a nice girl gets asked out by a nice guy <laughs> jesus <laughs> exactly <laughs> um yeah so they they raid a cat's bedroom bianca and cameron and they basically find like concert tickets but she likes the music where she hangs out etc um they find that she has black underwear and four Bianca, that apparently means that Kat wants to have sex one day, um, which does come into, like, it is kind of an important thing a little bit later in the film, which is why I'm bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they present all of this information to Patrick, and they're like, yeah, she's going to be at this club. You have to go. And this brings us to, in my opinion, the biggest mystery of the movie, which is why Patrick thinks he cannot be seen at Cub Skunk. Why he? Why does he say he can't be seen there? Because when he goes in the very next scene, he's like walking around and whatever, and then he like goes up to the bartender and shakes hands with the bartender. The bartender's like, "Hey, Verona, what's up, my guy?" So like, I okay. So I my theory my theory is he's just friends with the bartender. I don't think he knew that the bartender was specifically going to be there at least that day. Um, if he's actually just friends with him in real life, he probably knows that he works there because he knows of Club Skunk. But my theory oh, is saying he can't be seen there is because it's a lesbian friends. bar. I think it's a lesbian bar. You think it's a lesbian bar? That's weird. Yeah, because there's because we counted we counted there is at most. Excluding the bartender, <laughs> excluding the bartender, there's, I think, yeah, four men. So there'd be five men in the entire scene. And it's just, it's yeah. a club bar, club bar full of women and the men who look like they've been dragged there. Because <laughs> all the men we do see are on the outskirts of every shot. Yeah, that's true. I still don't see why he can't be seen there, though. Because he's a teenage guy who cares about his reputation and he doesn't want to be seen in a lesbian bar. Because he's a punk rock guy. Huh? And, like, he knows the bartender, which means he must know that the bartender works there. Oh, yeah, yeah. He know the bartender from, like, other places. Like, that's very rare that you would know a bartender and then just see them at a different bar and be like, what are you doing here? Because, like, that's weird. That's not how it works. I mean, well, I think he he knows. I think he knows them outside of Club Skunk. I think he knows him from somewhere else, and then just kind of knows that he happens to work at Club Skunk. I disagree. 
That's fine. Disagree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I very much want to know what it is about clubs contract. He's so worried about his reputation. Yeah, everyone, everyone needs to chime in. Tell us, is it a lesbian bar? Is it a normal bar? Why can't it Patrick be bar? seen there? Yeah, why can't he be seen there? Because, like, what what about it being a lesbian bar makes it so that he can't be seen there? Like, and, like, if it is a lesbian bar, what are the odds that he would be seen there anyway? Like, whose reputation is he worried about? He doesn't have anyone's reputation to worry about except for his own. And it only works if there's other people to, like, ruin it. Whatever. It's fine. I, I still think he cares too much about his own reputation. So... But he goes. <laughs> yeah, I know he does. He's being paid to go, though. That's true. I mean, he goes, he's being paid to go, but, like, he doesn't do the whole, like, let me hide thing. Like, he goes and just, mm. like, hangs out with the parts. And doing, like, yeah. Like, well, he, what's that one thing? It's not negging, because negging's when you, like, insult a girl and then, like, walk away, essentially. But he, like, he basically, he plays disinterested. Hard to get. <laughs> yeah, he plays hard to get. Um, And... It actually catches Kat's attention. Um, Because she's just... Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. There we go. Another pun. Um, Yeah, because she approaches him because mm -hmm. she sees him drinking at the bar when she goes to get waters. And he's like, you know, he's not looking at her. He's turned the other way, facing the the band. And she goes like, really? Like, are you following that? Are you following me now? Like, what, what are you doing here? And he goes, do you mind? You're kind of ruining this for me. <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> You've literally done this to me twice. Which is just funny. And then she comments on the fact that he isn't smoking. Like, oh, well, you're not surrounded by your usual cloud of smoke. And he goes, yeah, apparently they're bad for you. She says, you think? <laughs> uh, she gets up to kind of walk away and he follows her. So, like, keeps the conversation going. She allows him to follow um, and he's like, you know, they're not bad. They're not, you know, bikini killer, the raincoats, but they're not bad. And she's like, you know who the raincoats are. And he's like, well, yeah, don't you? Which honestly is a great line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we see um, now, so not only is he playing hard to get, but he's like bearing down and focusing on her actual interests and things that she likes. Yeah. And like he, I'm almost convinced that he also likes these things. Oh, yeah. These are actually just things that he also, that he likes and is like, oh, great. (laughs) Something Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he... He actually likes Club Skunk and goes there often. (laughs) And he just said that for the other people in that bar to think that he doesn't go there often. (laughs) Agree to disagree. I well, I think he does. I think he does have at least a similar music taste. Um, I disagree about Club Skunk. <laughs> Y'all better weigh in. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know. What are your yeah, thoughts? we we've actually talked about this quite a lot. Like we we argue <laughs> we've about spent this a lot of time. <laughs> Just this one thing. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so now she's like, okay, so you know who the raincoats are. Like, she's now kind of like, okay, I give you permission to keep talking to me. And he's like, 
yo, I saw you the other, and I've never seen you look so sexy. But as he says it, like, all the music stops and everyone hears him. Which is, like, one of those moments of, like, oh, shoot, that was awkward. I just said something really loud and everybody heard it. And they also heard me calling you sexy. But he doesn't, like, try to be like, oh, that's not, well, that's not what he said. Like, he kind of just accepts it and is like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that was pretty cool. Like, yeah. he laughs it off. And we know that, that it's a genuine reaction to that because that is such a crazy situation to be in, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, like, Kat also accepts that as, oh, oh, well, that was kind of funny. Like, you meant it. Thank you. And, okay, thanks. <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, and then he's like, are you going to the party that they're throwing? Toby Lowenstein. Mm-hmm. Michael is revenge on this guy who has outed him in his nerd group. Um, by throwing a party at this guy's house without this guy knowing. So this party also gives them the perfect opportunity to go on a date. And so he asks Kat about the party. And Kat's like, I've heard about the date thing. He goes, will you go with me? And she goes, and like walks away, like funny. Mm he asked Kat about the party oh yeah because that's when he started his party on this time or are you going to bogey's party and she kind of was like "Mm, i've heard about it (laughs) i don't know yet and he goes do you want to go with me and she doesn't answer she kind of just starts like walking away back to her friend and he goes was that a yes and she says no and he goes was that a no then and she says no Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of those things where I like to bring it up because oftentimes when folks watch this movie um, one of the things is like consent is one mm-hmm. of the things that's kind of brought up and I like to point to this scene because this is very much a way of like not saying no. <laughs> yeah well he, like, he very clearly asks for consent like hey do you want to mm-hmm. go can I keep doing this like are we flirting yeah. And, and she, she like she does positively but, respond yeah she responds with a i'm not not saying no mm-hmm. i'm not saying yes because i'm gonna yeah i'm still feeling you out yeah a little more but like overall it is a yes to keep pursuing mm-hmm. so like he's not being rude at this point like mm-hmm. any point after the, him pursuing her is 100% okay. Mm-hmm. Consensual pursuing. Well, because, like, that's the thing, is that, like... Consent to flirt. Of, yeah, like, a lot of guys don't understand that, like, you can still be sexually harassing someone by being, like, flirty with them when they mm-hmm. don't want to be... Like... That is harassment. Yeah. <laughs> Or, like, it can be harassment. Like, if the person has said, like, no, I don't wish to be... Which she's not said yet. Mm -hmm. Like, every single time that he has approached her in, like, a, hey, I want to take you out kind of way, or, like, oh, I'm interested. Like, she has entertained the conversation, which, like, is different than how she does with Joey, where she's just, like... She shuts him down. Yeah. Like, (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's not one of those, like, oh, I'm going to entertain it for a little bit, and then I'm going to be like, mm, no. Like, it's very, it should be very obvious that mm-hmm. she is okay with Patrick pursuing her in all iterations of this happening throughout the film. Um, Lord Almighty, what happens next? <laughs> Um, it's the party. The girls, uh, oh, yeah. Chastity Bianca and, and Chastity Bianca, get caught yeah. sneaking out that night. So they get caught sneaking out by their dad. Um, and Cat, this is one of those situations where Cat's like, "I wasn't gonna go. No, I'm not going. This stupid party. The things that you think are gonna happen are gonna happen. So, <laughs> like, no, I'll go." Um, and then this is where Bianca's like. Just be my sister this once and go to this party so that I can go. Like, this one time, please. And so Kat does eventually decide, like, okay, fine. You're my sister. I'll go. Like, whatever. Um, the dad makes Bianca wear the belly. Which is hilarious. <laughs> um it's like an empathy like pregnant belly and he's like every time you even think about kissing a boy i want you to picture this under your halter top yeah it's just it's it's kind of like a fat suit except it's a pregnant suit it's like weighted and it's called yeah. like the empathy belly for it will, and it's not even just like pregnant. a yeah it's not even like just um the belly part of being a pregnant woman it's got like the boobs too because like your boobs get bigger when you're pregnant which means they're gonna weigh a whole lot more yeah and it's weighted (laughs) so like you actually like even i think she even stands in a way where she's like i have to support my back because this thing Mm -hmm. is so heavy um like it's like a legitimate device that is used (laughs) so he makes her wear that and what i find funny and even more interesting about it is that he does seem to be a little bit more worried about them getting pregnant Granted, he is an OBGYN that delivers babies, but, like, this whole time, it doesn't seem to him that he's really worried about, like, the sex part. He's worried about them getting pregnant and, like, ruining their lives, which I just think is funny because up until this point, it's just, like, like, if you look at the grand scheme of, like, a woman's life, generally, you're told, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant don't get pregnant, it'll ruin your life, it'll ruin your life, and then as soon as you get married, it's, so when are you having kids, yeah, (laughs) you need to have children, you're ruining my life, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like, if this is supposed to ruin my life up until I, like, got married, then why in the frick would you expect me to have (laughs) children? You said it was gonna ruin my life, why would I want to do The math ain't (laughs) mathin'. But yeah, it does, he does, though, make some comments, though, about other things. Like, he just doesn't want to be, or he doesn't want his kids to, like, be doing things that would get them, like, arrested or, like, actually ruin their lives, you know. He says something about, like, (laughs) it's such a great series of things. He goes, like, no kissing, no drinking, no, like, dancing. No drugs, no animal sacrifices of any kind. Oh, God, I'm giving them ideas. I used to quote, I think that was the first quote that I, like, consistently used from a movie, like, ever. 
because I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I use one from the same scene, but earlier when she's like, or she doesn't even say it. I'm pretty sure it's Chastity that says this. He goes, oh, it's just a party. And he goes, and mm. hell is just a sauna. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wonderful um, um but so right yeah, after this like, you know giving oh. them the mm-hmm. breakdown and then cat's like oh my god yes we get it like let's go she's like she opens the door and patrick's just there he's, he, he's like Why are yeah <laughs> we assume that he's just walked up via the motion that he like kind of does yeah and he's like 9 30 right oh i'm early <laughs> As of like kind of everyone's surprised that like a guy's actually mm-hmm. here for cat and they're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is just really funny. And then he's just like, Oh, who knocked up your sister? <laughs> <laughs> and Bianca just glares at him. Yeah. <sighs> but then right after Too this, good. yeah, right after this, we do get a really cute scene of um Cameron and Michael getting ready. And, like, they're both really nervous um, for different reasons. Cameron is nervous because, like, you know, he really wants to impress um, Bianca. And he's pretty sure that, well, and I, I'm assuming, you know, he's been talking to Patrick. He he knows that Kat is going to go because Patrick's going to take her, which means Bianca gets mm-hmm. to go. So he can chat her up and now they can finally go on a date. So he's nervous mm-hmm. because it's her first his first date. Michael's very nervous because... Um, it's the first party he's been to. Um, Mm. And they both kind of like share their feelings and their worries for each other. And they don't put either like each other down. Like they're both very much like, Oh, your worry is valid. (laughs) Yeah. Your worry is valid. I'm here for you. I'm going to support you. But like, also like, bro, I need you. I'm worried. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're like, so cute. They're like, okay, how are we going to do this? What's the plan? Do we, are we, are we good? Are we good? And then mm-hmm. I just love that camera. Trying to hype each other up. He's talking about how he had been talking to Bianca earlier. And he's like, yeah, so I told her that I thought she didn't, or she told me that I was right. She didn't wear the Jimmy Choo's with that dress because it would be a mixing of genres. And the fact that I noticed really meant something. And it's Direct quote. Michael replies. <laughs> And he just goes, you said that part already. <laughs> Which is also just great because it's like, he's been listening. Like, mm-hmm. this whole time. Even in the, in the midst of stressing about himself, like, they're listening to each other. They're trying to, like, help each other out. It's just yeah. a precious scene. Because, like, one, you don't get men talking to men in this way. You mm-hmm. normally get the way that men talk to men in the way that we saw earlier with mm-hmm. Joey and his friends. So to have this contrast is really great representation and it's like healthy representation for men because it's like yeah can talk about women without objectifying and sexualizing them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it also it, it, your friends. Yeah, and it hits home too a fact that like this is a movie about teenagers and it's very much about like the struggles of being a teenager. And it shows you mm-hmm. kind of like various people and their various struggles and how they're all very different, but they all fit together. And what they all have in common is all of their worries, all of their um, 
problems are taken seriously. And anytime they do talk to an adult about them, the about their like, you know, worries or struggles or problems, the adult takes them seriously. Like he listens, like they listen to whatever is going on. They give feedback. It's not always good feedback, but like it, they give relevant feedback. Like usually it's Miss Perky who doesn't give the good <laughs> feedback. The the teacher gives um, a, a really very realistic, like, you know, your worries, you know, they're good worries, but, you know, also consider this. And then the dad's yeah. always there trying to, you know, fix the problem. Like, hey, you know, like, you're my daughters. I love you. How do I make this better? But even in his overprotectiveness, he knows, like, their limits. Like, he knows when mm-hmm. to, like, be there and then when to pull back. Like, he pulled back. Like, he listened to his daughters. When he listened to Bianca, yeah. she said, like, hey, I want to date. This isn't fair. Let me date. And he's like, okay, fine. You can date, but we're going to compromise. Cat has to date first. Like, all of these kids get what the what all teenagers want like they just want to be heard they just want to be listened to and it doesn't matter who it's coming from an adult figure their friends like they are taken seriously and none of them are um none of them are like brushed aside they're not condescended to um i would say that is for everyone except for cat i mostly agree with that I think the problem with Kat is she has, um, she she's trying to fight a fight that not enough, that people don't know enough info about, and they know they yeah. don't know enough about it. And so instead of engaging with her, they just accept whatever she says at face value. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much what I was going to say. It was like, she does need help she doesn't like ask for it and then Mm -hmm. in scenes where she kind of does let her guard down a little bit like and I was later after um a little bit farther into this but when she is talking to the teacher again and she's like no I like this assignment like Mm -hmm. I genuinely like enjoy this and learning from you and like he actually sends her to the principal's office (laughs) and like does kind of like write her off he's like you're just messing with me like go ahead like whatever yeah and it's one of those moments where like it's kind of sad because it's like her or the way she's perceived is so ingrained mm-hmm. into everything they kind of forget to actually look for her mm-hmm. and to see like who which is why it's so important that like when she opens herself up to patrick and patrick like opens himself up to her that mm-hmm. they actually do see each other and all of that, like, even though Kat is the strong one of mm-hmm. the two sisters, I kind of recognizes, like, I've been expecting you to kind of be this, like, strong, protected person this whole time. Mm-hmm. And I've never really about if you don't have to be that way. <laughs> like, I've just been, I've wanted Bianca to be like you. You think mm-hmm. that you, you want me to be like Bianca, but I actually... Like, I'm glad that you're bringing this up because you're talking to me now about actually having things that you want and aspire to do that aren't just being a strong individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you're asking to be challenged in a way like academically to go somewhere else to experience life in a way that you haven't been able to do here because of how everyone sees you and how we've been seeing you this whole time. Mm -hmm. Jumping back a little bit, though, uh, specifically when she has those moments with Patrick, um, because she's such a strong individual and then you've got like the um, essentially the bulldozer, that's Patrick, just trying to like get his way as fast as he can into her feelings. Um, When Kat does open up to him and when she does share like her inner life with him, um, it doesn't feel like a win for Patrick. It feels like a win for Kat because we see that like yeah. she's she's allowing herself to lower her walls. She's allowing herself mm-hmm. to form to try to form what she thinks is a genuine connection with another person. She's trying to listen to what everyone's telling her. And she really does want to have some form of human connection that isn't mm-hmm. just her one friend and her dad and maybe her sister, depending on the day. Um <laughs> And so she, when she opens herself up, we see it as moments of growth for Kat mm-hmm. and not as a win for Patrick, who's just trying to get into her good books. Yeah. And like Patrick completely is like, oh, she's actually, she's doing it. And he mm-hmm. reciprocates it. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> like, does. Not just because she's opening up, but because he's like, oh, I actually also do want to feel this. Like, I feel connected. I have a connection mm-hmm. with you. and. I'm going to reciprocate this connection that we feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that almost perfectly at the end of this party that they're at. Um, because, you know, she goes to the party, has a run in with Joey. Joey says a stupid thing about her sister, which gets to her. She decides that she's going to get drunk <laughs> so that she doesn't have to think about it anymore. And, you know, she does the whole party thing. She does the table dance. She gets really drunk. She hits her head. And possibly, probably has a concussion. Mm-hmm. No, she doesn't have a concussion because she passes out. Mm-hmm. Even if well, and she did. Well, as I was to say, she gets sick too, but she's also been drinking a lot. Yeah, she's like really sick. So Patrick like tries to take care of her, you know. Um, he doesn't like try to take advantage of her in any way. Um, <laughs> they're honestly such a pair. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just imagining when they're like walking around and she's like, leave me alone. And he's like, I love that even in this state, you're still just consistent. Yeah. So consistent. I think she says, he says something like, who needs love when you've got blind hatred? Yeah. (laughs) She says something. And she like laughs it off like, ha ha. Very funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it will. I think she tells him too, just in in line with the consent that she, it's not that she hates him. Um, yeah. She just doesn't like anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but um, right after the, the party scene, we do get um, Cameron and Bianca. Well, so Sorry, hold During on. I'm getting ahead. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of, yeah, getting ahead of myself. Have a little bit of a. They like kind of run into each other. Um, she's already found Joey, but at this moment, she's walking with Chastity. Cameron bumps into her, kind of. <laughs> Michael finds her and is like, mm-hmm. "There she is." Cameron goes up to her and is like, "Hey, 
Um, at this point, you can tell that Bianca, like, feels guilty and that she has not been enjoying her time with Joey. Because Joey's pretty much just talked about himself the whole time. Um, yeah, and so, like, when she sees Cameron, she kind of pushes chastity to her to him and is like, oh, uh, let me divert the conversation from me. And Have you met so-and-so? And they're like, literally, what? Yes what are you doing? Like, they're kind of confused at the moment, but it's very much in a way where, like, Cameron kind of immediately tunes into the fact that, like, oh, here comes Joey. Joey walks up. Hey, Bianca, we're gonna go talk over here. And she's like, okay, I'm gonna go hang out with Joey, but, like, I'll see you later, Cameron. Totally blows him off, and he, like, knows that. Like, he Yeah, Cameron that. gets the clue. Like, he takes a hint. <laughs> He's very sad about it, and yeah. Like, even to the point where, like, he, he goes up to Patrick and is like, you know what, like, you don't have to keep, like, pretending to date Cat deals off, like, she's not into me. And Patrick kind of gives him, like, a pep talk. He's like, hey, hey, like, look, don't give up just because, like, she doesn't seem to be into you kind of a thing. Like, her not being into you has just as much to do with the fact that, like, you know, like, Joey's right there, like, she's been giving you the time of day so far, so I don't see why you should stop, like, it's just this one instance, like, this one time, like, she did say she would see you later, etc., like, don't read too much into this, don't think that, like, your self-worth is tied to this either, like, you're a good guy, and if she can't see that, then, like, you know, move on, like, you deserve better, you deserve someone that, like, cares, and he's like, mm -hmm. You're right. That's yes, which is also great representation because you don't often see yeah. men and like that, or even talking about their feelings like that. <laughs> mm -mm. Yeah, and well, and it's and it gives more depth to Patrick too because not only is he like trying to take care of Cat in this moment, um, yeah, he, he like takes the time out of that. Yeah, like, hey. <laughs> speak some life into you. Mm -hmm. yeah he takes he takes the moment to just be like yo Cameron if you think she's worth it mm -hmm. she's worth it if she doesn't think you're worth it then that's bad on her um yeah. and it's nice it, it's like a nice little like older brother moment it's so cute it's so precious yeah they're like besties mm -hmm. I like that they like legitimately become friends after this oh yeah um I haven't been saying the scoreboard out loud but patrick oh i was gonna ask they're even right now um so patrick hold on let me go back to my notes is that a no no okay yeah and showing up at her door when she like sees him he's like oh i said 9 30 um a little bit early and she goes whatever i'm driving it's another yes mm -hmm. okay yeah because i was gonna ask about so the three through two when he takes her after this and is like all right let's go walk to the car and she's like uh no walking is not a thing i need to sit and they sit on the swing and they have a cute little conversation and then she throws up and he holds her hair back <laughs> it's such a cute like she just kind of goes like it's okay Mm -hmm. she's like dying but 
it is one of those it's exactly what we were talking about that scene where they're opening up to each other because when she sits down he asks her like why'd you let him get to you because he knows that there's more to it than just why'd she let joey get to him yeah yeah like why'd you let joey get to you why did you do the thing and you know she like tells him the truth which is funny because she does this often she does tell the truth often but Mm -hmm. because of again her how people perceive her they don't like take her for it (laughs) she yeah don't like this or like i don't want to do this or blah 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 like when she says like yeah i hate joey that's like she hates joey (laughs) she's yeah he doesn't want to go to the thing where people are just going to be feeling up other people and listening to bad music that's exactly what it's going to be and i don't want to do that (laughs) people think she's just being rude but she's like no i like i don't want to do that like that's not how i would that's not enjoyable for me like maybe if it was something else but it is one of those things where she's like she's assuming she's right in times Mm -hmm. that she's not well it's it so she's honest with him too in this moment Well, it's good, too, because, like, you know how men are always just like, oh, women just need to tell us what they want. Like, she's literally telling everybody what she wants. Literally all the time. (laughs) And All the time. And Patrick is the only one who listens to her. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, you're actually telling me exactly what you want. Cool. I always hate when I, like, this is, like, I always related with Kat maybe too much. Because (laughs) I was like, I feel like this is she's just literally me Mm. like in every stage of life I feel like I'm cat (laughs) like I'm always telling people like I want this I don't like that I don't like how this works like this and it bothers me and I wish that there was some way to change it or Mm -hmm. like something like like even like like people don't often like like my facial expressions can be fairly like like I don't want to say non-expressive but like like when I'm excited it's not like something that you can like physically see all the time so Mm -hmm. like i often will have to tell people like oh i'm so excited for this or like Mm -hmm. i actually really like that i love this because they just assume that i'm gonna be that i don't like they just assume that because i'm not like like even when i'm saying like i love this no that's great this is wonderful like they just think i'm joking and i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) i'm serious (laughs) Or, like, even when I'm saying that, like, I don't like this. This is dumb. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I disagree with this. I think this is really not well done or put together or organized or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, I'm completely honest. That is exactly how I feel. You're very candid. And they're just kind of like, ha, 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 what a funny joke. And I'm like, I'm not joking. <laughs> this is a legitimate problem and it needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was a joke I don't get it um so yeah I think that that's definitely also one of the reasons I like this movie is because I very much feel seen it's the uh the the eldest daughter you know what maybe that's what I'll do when when we release this episode I'll post all of my eldest daughter memes (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not the eldest daughter but second of five so i'm sure 
Yeah, if there's enough of a gap between you and, like, the youngest, I feel like you can 100% claim eldest daughter. Yeah, I'm holding a lighter. I don't know why. I just found it. <laughs> Channeling yeah. your inner Patrick. I don't know, I'm just... <laughs> <sighs> so yeah so so he asked her like why'd you let him get to you she tells him like i really hate joey he's the worst um and you know he specifically like she doesn't tell him the backstory but she does tell him enough for him to know that like there's more to it than them just hating each other like he has done something um you know, and, like, they have a sweet moment where he's like, oh, yes, and drinking an entire ton of... Mainlining tequila, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, I thought so, too, which is funny because she's drunk. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, She falls asleep because she has a concussion, and he, like, wakes her up, and she opens her eyes and is like, oh, my God, like, you actually have... She notices something about him that most people don't notice, which is the color of his eyes. Yes, cliche, but cute. for them, yeah, like, it's cute because, like, no one's ever really that close to him, physically, literally. To see Except that. probably so, like, his punk friend. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, I don't know. I haven't seen them that close together. <laughs> they were that close together in science class. Not face to face. Basically, no. He's on the side. He's on the. Oh. I just broke my desk. <laughs> oh, I figured you just knocked a knickknack off. No, that was like the bar. <laughs> oh, wow, Serena, <laughs> getting heated. Because he's, like, sitting sideways on the edge of the uh -huh. table. Yeah. And then Patrick's sitting on this side, but he's playing with the fire in the middle of the table. And the friend's on the end of the table, and he's in between the end and the fire. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I missed something there. But they're sitting right next to each other. It's just the corner of the table that's in between them. But when they talk to each other, they got to face each other. Yeah, but they're not that close. They're pretty close. He's not holding his face. Well, no, but it's also not like a <laughs> giant like, table. Look at me, cat. Look at me. <laughs> regardless, I mean, it is, yeah, regardless, it is a to cute point moment. point out something yeah. at being that close to a person no, that we're is just being pedantic. <laughs> um, to a person that is also feared is for him kind of like like, he's honestly, like, a little bit taken aback because he's kind of forgotten, like, oh, I forgot that, like, I am perceivable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People can actually, like, see me and interact with me and not just, like, me, but, like, me. Like, actually me, not just, like, the the persona that I put in front of, or not even that I've put up, but that other people have projected onto me that I've just maintained out of not bothering to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And so it was one of those moments where it's like totally a win for Kat because she's admitting that she like sees him too. Um, 
and then she throws up. Which is another win for Patrick, so they're still even, three for three. Um, but then, you know, they go home, and they're in the car. Uh, so you're kind of skipping a scene. Um, I am. So, uh, Joey. Joey finds Bianca and Chastity and is like, hey, you know, let's go. There's going to be, like, an after party. And um, Bianca at this point is just fully disillusioned with Joey. She's just like, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. Um, and so she, she's actively trying to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. So she's just like, all right, it's time to cut my losses here. And um, she's like, oh, nope, can't go. I got to be home in 20 minutes. And Chastity Darn. jumps on it. She's just like, I don't have to be home until 2 a.m. Yeah. It's just like ridiculous. <laughs> curfew for mm-hmm. a sophomore in high school mm-hmm. 15 maybe 16 yeah <laughs> what my parents literally would have called the cops oh yeah same yeah, um, so she jumps she's like well you you passed i'm gonna take it mm-hmm. bye um so now bianca literally has nowhere to get home <laughs> and then she sees cameron who has just these saddest puppy dog look on his face because he just had his heart broken and now he's at a party where he doesn't know anyone because he's still like the new kid um mm-hmm. and is just having a miserable time like wandering around by himself and then like, the, like where michael is yeah michael's just gone <laughs> but the <laughs> the crowd parts and they just bianca and cameron like meet eyes and cameron's like oh not this again and he tries to leave but bianca's like no wait can you drive me home and Karen she's being so sad too. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I am a pitiful person that has done a thing and I know it, but I also very much need your help right now when you're the only person who might actually help me. hmm And Cameron being the upstanding guy that he is, um, does give her a ride home. And mm-hmm. when they pull out uh, when they pull up in front of their house in front of her house, um, Karen calls her out like he yeah. reads her the riot act um it's just kind of like you know I did all this hard work you manipulated me you knew you were manipulating me like that's not cool I really liked you you're such <laughs> a pretty like you're a pretty girl and I defended you like people said that you were shallow and I defended you and at this point like <laughs> she knows exactly what she did she knows what she did was wrong mm-hmm. and now she's seeing the consequences of her actions and she Even feels he's like, have you always yeah. been this selfish? Oh yeah. Which in this moment, she's like, yeah. Like, she takes accountability for everything. Yeah. You're completely right. Hmm. Um. But then, like, with the previous scene, how um, Patrick is now feeling seen. Um. Bianca is now feeling Bianca. seen. Like, yeah, she's yeah. just kind of like, I like I knew all these things about me, but now someone else sees all those things about me. And even though they're mad, like, they still care enough about me that they're not going to leave me somewhere stranded. Like, they care enough about yeah. me that they want to see me safe still, despite knowing all these bad things about me, despite knowing um, all the bad things that I've done to them. Um mm-hmm. And to and even so she, see those mm-hmm. things about her mm-hmm. is like in her in the context of Bianca and the people around her radical because 
everyone has her on this pedestal mm-hmm. and everyone is like oh bianca gorgeous beautiful sweet bianca like nobody listens to her nobody pays attention to what she's doing she's just going through life mm-hmm. so to be to have been a manipulative person and have done the bad thing but then to also have been called out on the bad thing is like even more so like shocking Shocking. yeah to be found like oh someone's actually paying attention to what I'm doing and how I'm like how I'm treating people and reacting to people like it's not just about them in Mm -hmm. this way like there is actually someone who sees me and that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And she kisses him. Yeah. And now he's happy because he's back in the game. Back in the game. <laughs> Tiny baby Joseph Gordon Levitt voice crack. Mm-hmm. We love. Um, which then kind of parallels the scene because technically this happens after. Cat and Patrick are in their car because Cat and Patrick drive off, or Patrick drives off in his car, um, and they end That's up right. pulling in as they're pulling out. Uh huh. Cat and Patrick are in the car, and you know they're kind of talking <laughs> about just things like Cat's talking about like the radio and the music that's playing, and she's like, "I should start a band. I should totally do that." And he's like, "Oh." Like, why? <laughs> Not that <laughs> that like, I don't think he actually says that. He he doesn't say anything. He's just like she says, I should do that. And he says, Do what? She goes, install car stereos. No, I should start a band. And he goes, Oh. And then she says, My dad would love that. And he goes, Do you not like your dad? Like, is he like what's up with your dad? Like what makes him such that you would say that about mm-hmm. him? <laughs> And she's like, well, it's not that he's bad or anything. It's just he wants me to be someone that I'm not. He wants me to be Bianca. And she, or, and he says, like, no offense to your sister. Like, everyone loves her, but no offense. Like, she's without. Like, she isn't you. You're mm-hmm. you, and I like you. Um, to which she's like, you're not as vile as I thought you were. <laughs> Um, Such a wonderful like, compliment. <laughs> you know, you're not as vile as I thought you were. <laughs> what every man wants to hear. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Valentine's Day puts that on the card. We will be making 10 things I hate about you, Valentine's. <laughs> that is 100% a thing we're doing. <laughs> um. So, yeah, she says that, and then they have, like, a quiet moment, Um. She goes in for a kiss, and he does not kiss her back. So this is kind of one of those moments where, you know, like, he said, I like you. And she was like, alright, I'll accept that. Like, we like each other. Which kind of puts them at four each. Mm. She goes in for a kiss, but it is rejected. But he has his reasons, which he explains later. Mm-hmm. I remember we watched this and Whitney literally asked like wait so did he not kiss her because of the fact that she was really drunk and then comes the very next scene which is Cameron 
telling him about how Bianca kissed him and how the night went and Patrick's like, yeah, she tried to kiss me. And they're like, and you didn't? Why? And he's like, well, it's not like she was going to remember anything. I would rather like be kissing a person that would remember it. Um, but once like, again, the consent. Yeah, once again, the whole consent. And for a 1999 uh, movie, too. Yeah, like, it shouldn't be significant. <laughs> but unfortunately, it is. Mm-hmm. I almost hate Proof that it was written by a woman. Honestly. But, like, I hate sometimes when people talk about movies and they're like, oh, yeah, well, this is, like, pre-Me Too. It's like, dude. Me too didn't happen until like 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of stuff was me before me too. Everything was before me too. Yeah. It's like in that context, um, how many years do we even have since that? 10? Not even. Maybe mm. less than that. Mm-hmm. Eight. We haven't even been a decade past me too. And yet me too is this like benchmark. And we're like, mm, I don't know. This is kind of upsetting to the mm-hmm. time, so I'm just, I'm going to go back to attending <laughs> <by you. laughs> Um. So yeah, he doesn't kiss her back. She's upset, Um. but as we see in their interactions after this, like she's upset, but it's more of an a, I opened myself up to you and it seemed like we were doing it together. And, like, you've been kind of, like, approaching me, so, like, I thought that this is what you wanted. She thinks that she's giving him what he wanted by, like, going in for the kiss, like, giving him what he wanted. When in reality, he rejects it because he's like, no, I actually like you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I want to have, like, a connection with you. I'm not in it for, like, the physicality. Um, To which is fine, but so far in her life with the men that she's been with, that has not been the case. So in that, in thinking that he wants the physicality and in offering her physically, her like physical body to him at that moment and being shut down is like embarrassing. And like one of those, like, oh, I was very wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like a little bit more like hurtful because when you think that that's what people want from you and you offer it and it ends up, being not what they want at all it like hurts a lot and so yeah um, well it's a very vulnerable kind of vulnerable moment for her exactly Um, especially to offer herself physically once you find out later mm -hmm. what happened between her and joey Mm -hmm. and so this is kind of what cameron and michael are kind of telling him when he's trying to figure out, like, yeah, she's, like, really mad at me. <laughs> she does not want to talk to me. She does not want to see me. Like, and, like, even Michael and Cameron have tried to, like, you know, talk to her friends, see how she feels about Patrick, like, to see if they can maybe remedy the situation. And they're like, Patrick, she offered herself to you, and you said no. That hurts. You've got to, like, you've got to do something. Like, you have to let her know that, like, that's not what it was that it Mm -hmm. isn't that you don't want it it's that you know like you want more than that 
not more than that. Mm -hmm. But like, it's not a physical thing. It's a meaningful thing, in a sense. Um, I think they say you have to even the score, which is why I have been keeping score. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm actually because trying to pull that quote up right now. He is ahead technically in the scoreboard. Okay. At this moment, in Cat's mind, because he rejected her, which is why when the next scene happens, he willingly gives her a point back. <laughs> once again, even. <laughs> I can't pull up the quote, but yeah, the next scene is. Um... It, this is this is my all-time number one favorite movie and almost half of that reason is specifically for this next scene um this in my opinion is the greatest movie scene of all time and it's just because like it's 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 cheesy very lighthearted, very funny romantic scene um especially like when you know the struggle that's been going on between the two of these these two characters the whole time and you know mm -hmm. that while it started off with bad intentions, it has now become, like, between the two of them specifically, it, it has turned good. Like, they both yeah. are catching feelings for each other. Um, a lot of respect for each other. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's not even like they're catching feelings for each other because, you know, they each think the other person's hot. It's because they do genuinely connect with each other and respect each other. Mm-hmm. And what I love about what he does, because he, he literally, like, he, he puts in so much effort to pull this off. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy. And, well, and so we do see him paying someone off to do it. Um, one of the band guys to, to chime mm -hmm. in to help. And my, <laughs> yeah, well, see, that, that's what I'm thinking. Like, that's what I would, you know, that's my fan theory is that he's using all the money he's gathered up until that point from Joey to make this apology. Yeah. No, I 100% believe that's what we're supposed to take from okay, this. Okay, good. Because he does he does it again later, which is why I think that he also does it here. Because he does it, that's how he purchases the base. Oh, the right, 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 right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, essentially, yes, he's been getting all of these things in order to, like, go out with her. But because he genuinely likes her, he's just quite literally giving it back to her. Mm -hmm. It's not the money he's made, it's the money she's made. Yeah, it's, like, transactionally. If you're talking in transactions mm -hmm. or, like, the scoreboard, everything he makes, he shares with her. Mm -hmm. What's mine is yours. Fuck this Michael Mann. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. So he, like, does all of this. I think she even, in the middle, but before this, actually, is the conversation I was talking about with the teacher when they're all making fun of her for the table dance and getting super drunk and being drunk and acting like that. Um, and then her saying, like, oh, yeah, do you want us to do the poem? They get, they get the assignment for the poem to do essentially what ends up being the 10 things I hate about you poem 
uh, is to write their own version of the sonnet from Shakespeare and she asked the teacher if he wanted an iambic pentameter instead of like, you know, fighting him on it or arguing or anything and he's like, honestly, like what? Why aren't you fighting me on this? This is crazy. Which in my analysis of the scene is that like in this moment, like she's taken a loss from like everyone. Like everyone mm -hmm. has seen her do this thing and embarrass herself. And in this moment, she's kind of just like literally wanting someone to see her mm -hmm. and like to understand that she is like an actual person. And it's one of those like cry for help moments where she's like, do you want an, an iambic pentameter? And like everyone knows that something's off because she doesn't act like that. But nobody bothers to see like why that might be. And instead of engaging and maybe, you know, trying to figure out what's wrong, they just send her away and dismiss it. Um, yeah. Which is exact, an exact contrast to literally after the party when Patrick's like, so why did you do this? Like, there's something mm. more to it. Like, you don't drink that normally. So why why now? What was it that, that like, made you make this decision? Um, so, yeah. She gets sent away to the principal's office and honestly it's kind of heartbreaking um so yeah now we see that patrick is you know gonna do this great he's got a plan we don't know what it is yet here we go again with the plan <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness anyway um <laughs> What's funny? Oh my god, I'm skipping ahead of myself. I'm skipping no. so much ahead. I'm so sorry. I'm so I... excited for the scene. Oh, is it the bookstore scene? Yeah. Okay, I think sorry. I'm like ready for the singing scene, but we haven't even gotten to the I know. Well, because the singing scene is Jeez. the best scene. It's so good. Yeah, because literally, like, Patrick is not getting any recognition from cat like at all like joey is like all right well bianca we're going to the prom doesn't ask he says mm -hmm. we're going to the prom doesn't even let bianca answer which i just think is great because later on it completely pays off mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he's like bianca we're going to the prom he goes to patrick and he's like patrick i'm taking bianca to prom so you have to take cat and he's like dude she literally won't talk to me and he's like well, then figure it out, man, because I'm going to the prom. I'm going to have sex with this girl because I have a bet going with my friends. Dig. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, he's like, okay, apparently I have to figure out how to be in Kat's good graces again. And, you know, Michael and Cameron are like, you got to even the playing field, my guy. Vulnerable I've got this right here because it's another good quote. Um, Sacrifice yourself on the altar of dignity and even the score. Which I'm not convinced. Like, I haven't read Taming of the Shrew. Mm -hmm. But that feels like not like a direct quote, but maybe like a direct translation <laughs> from Shakespeare. <laughs> like, that's just like, why does it feel like such a good line? 
Well, because like right beforehand, you've got Michael saying, um, "Sweet love, renew thy force," and then Patrick's like, "Hey, don't say shit to, like that to me in public. Don't People can hear you." <laughs> and then right after that, Cameron says, um, "You know, sacrifice yourself <laughs> on the altar of dignity, even the score." And yeah. Cam- Michael was and they quoting. Only get to have, they only get to have this conversation too because Patrick has. After finding out that, like, Joey wants him to take Kat out, he did try to approach Kat in the bookstore, um, in which he sees her and approaches her. Well, he actually sees her at the music store, and then is like, he's honestly kind of like puppy dog eyes, which is adorable. Mm -hmm. But then she goes to the bookstore, and he's like, okay, maybe I can, like, talk to her here. He approaches her and is like, hey, can you uh, find me the copy of uh, The Feminine Mystique? I seem to have misplaced my... And she's like why are you here? Leave me alone. Um, (laughs) Which is hilarious. They have a great back and forth about, you know, he says, can you help me find the feminine mystique? I've misplaced my copy. And she goes, what are you doing here? And he goes, oh, you know, I just like need a book. And he's like, obviously, Somebody still has her panties in a twist. And she goes, don't you think whatsoever that you had any effect on my panties? <laughs> and he goes, well, what did I have an effect on? And she goes, other than my upcheck reflex, nothing. Um, he says, you're not as badass as you think you are. Or you're not as mean as you think you are. And she goes, well, you're not as badass as you think you are. And then hands him a copy of The Feminine Mystique. Which is an example, again of yes she is saying like no I don't want to talk to you blah, 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 but she is succeeding a part of herself to him at that moment by giving him the copy mm-hmm. of because she did not have to do that <laughs> if it was Joey she would have walked out of the bookstore but yeah she would have just insulted him and walked out and like cares about their back and forth and you know the fact that like they do know each other pretty well. She also knows that he'll understand what this means by her giving him this book and actually taking the effort to, you know, go and get it and, like, give it to him. Where if she really did hate him, like, she has stated she truly hates Joey, she would not have given him the time of day to even get that far. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of why he approaches Michael and Karen because he's like, okay... I know that there is something that I can do to make it up and I need help to do it. And then that's when he pays off the band guy (laughs) and we get the greatest scene of all time. Finally. (laughs) So cute. So he decides. And it's so that. cute. So basically, it starts off with. Um... Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. So he decides that the best way to alter himself, offer himself on the altar of dignity and even the score, is to basically go and do everything against the reputation that he has tried so hard to maintain. Well, he, yeah, so he, he evens the score by doing what she did, dancing in public. 
Mm-hmm. And it's gorgeous. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he like not only does he have the 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 reputation of just being this like horrible guy who would never have feelings for anybody and is like you know just super stoic and has all of these crazy like like he killed a guy once and he ate a whole duck <laughs> like he's so went weird. to prison had a porn career <laughs> like all of these crazy things and he does the same thing that she did by dancing crazy in public um, but not only that he sings too so mm-hmm. he kind of one ups her on that one yeah he does except he actually sounds fairly like good like he's not a bad singer mm-hmm but yeah, but so it's, he goes it's a... and does this elaborate plan to where he gets like he's like okay, well the band is gonna have band practice at the, the same marching time band, has... yeah. Yes, the marching band. So, like, I can give them like I'm gonna pay them with Joey's money, and when I when I cue them, they're gonna play a song for me, and then I'm gonna come in because I've also paid off some of the AV guys because Michael Cameron. Then. AV guys, I'm going to grab a microphone that is hooked up to all of the speakers and sing about my love for Kat for everyone to hear. And then I will go and dance on the bleachers while being chased by security guards. (laughs) (laughs) And it will be a great time. I like how... Yeah, I like how... They, they make the school security guards look like actual cops. And then and, and then when they do finally catch them, it's really subtle, but they do have like a handcuff clink in there. Yeah. But he doesn't get cuffed. They just they just throw that in there kind of like as like a subtle like um, trick um, to show like, oh, yeah. he is caught. Um, yeah. And then it just smash cuts to him in intention. <laughs> yeah, in detention with the the soccer coach. Um mm-hmm. yeah, soccer coach. <laughs> Gym teacher, soccer coach, yeah. The plan. Um <laughs> the plan being the plan that <laughs> is made up on the spot. To get Patrick out um, of detention. Of Kat trying to get Patrick out of detention, yeah. <laughs> Which is just amazing because she goes she tries to get him out of attention she has literally no idea what she's doing she just walks up to her coach and is like ah yes coach i wanted to talk to you and the only thing she can think of is to flirt with him flirt oh yeah because she yeah, does she's, she's like, like oh, oh my god bicep. your bicep is huge <laughs> oh my god this one's even bigger you don't use steroids do like, you because i oh, heard that makes your uh they can disintegrate yeah. your package <laughs> Not that I'm thinking about your package, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, while I she's about how we can win this game, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, well, what is it?" Just misdirection, which is literally what she's doing in the moment, and hilarious. He's trying to get out the window. He almost looks. She goes, "Yes." Yeah, so while they're looking this way, we go that way, and he goes, "Yes." But how do we get them to look that way? And she goes, "Like this," and flashes the teacher. <laughs> And he um, looks, and he appreciates, like, which is weird and icky. Yeah. Even for like, like, even for 1999, like it's a little too much. 
yeah, he's, yeah, it's like he looks, and even though he says, this isn't appropriate, he, like, hesitates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so now she's like, all right, now that you've seen the plan, I'm going to go somewhere else and show <laughs> someone else the plan. <laughs> and she leaves. Um, and then we get to see her and Patrick on a cute date where they go, uh, is it called? No, not paddleboarding. Um, pedal, pedal, pedal boating. Yeah, is that is that actually what it's called? That's what I call it. Pedal boating. I don't know. Pedal. Are you saying it's paddle or pedal? Like, I don't know. It's pedal, <laughs> like like a bike pedal. Okay, yeah, because there's pedals, but they have paddles at the end of them. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> I call it. Well, I I call it pedal boat. I honestly have no idea what they, which one it is. Um, so yeah, they go on that boat that has the bike pedals with the pedals at the end of it so that they can move. <laughs> and then they play paintball and they're super cute and it upsets me because they're adorable. Mm-hmm. And this whole time I... they're talking about like the perceptions that like everyone else has about them and like the rumors that are going around are like okay so like what is truly you um like out of these like are any of these things true and if not like tell me something about you that is true which is a great date like it's it's like a genuine date mm-hmm. and going on this date and he's not being paid by joey for this one mm-hmm. i've never um wanted to go on a date as much as I wanted to go on that paintball one. It looked so absolutely mind-blowingly fun. Dude, yeah. If, and, like, it's not even that it's, like, paintball. It's, like, they have water balloons. So, like, it doesn't hurt yeah. as much as actually getting hit with, like, a paintball. Yeah, that's true. Paintballs hurt. <laughs> they like, paint well. They yeah. really do. That's the only reason I don't go paintballing. But, like, paint mm-hmm. balloon, that, that looks fun. I want to mm-hmm. do that. Anyway. I also, this is another very weird thing of a person who watches far too many movies, but it probably also because I'm like an ace person that has to like, like, I don't just like understand why other people want to kiss other people. Like, that's just like not a me thing. So like when people kiss in movies, I'm always like, how are they kissing? Like what? Like I'm looking at how they're physically kissing each other. And I will have to say, because of that, all of the kisses in this movie are actually very good kisses. Yeah. Like, like they're just objectively, like, good. Good kisses. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, they're not, like, really, like, you know, like, um. Some movies Spider-Man. do have really awkward kisses. Oh, Spider-Man. is it the upside down one? That's an no, awkward kiss. No, it was the Andrew Garfield one. He's, like, always so slobbery. Ew, yeah. Like every time he like pulls away, there's just like a lot of spit. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. And it bothers me a lot. Um, but the kisses in this one actually look genuinely en- enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like, they all look like they're kisses. Um, and like, it isn't like one person being like, ah, oh, yes, my mouth is open. Like, because they do that too, or like one person's like, ah, uh, or like the one where they just kind of Like, go, they're eating their face, Yeah. 
or like their lips just touch and then they mm-hmm. just hold it there. <laughs> I wish those of you that weren't watching this saw what I just did with my hand. The hand movement movements, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably put that on TikTok so that you can see that because <laughs> that was crazy. If if you guys donate and become a Patreon, um, you would be able to see this. Yeah, you would. And it doesn't even cost that much. Literally, it's like $1.99. It's not even a cup of coffee. It's it's a fourth of a cup of coffee. <laughs> um. Yeah, so <laughs> they kiss very cutely, and then they kind of go back to Cat's, uh, yeah, to Cat's place. They're hanging out in the front, um, and you know they're having like the cute little moment of like, "Tell me about this. Tell me about that." Uh, like they even say like, like while well, this is actually while they're in the boat, but he asks her, "What's your excuse for acting the way we do?" And he and she says. I don't like to do what they expect. And so it's an important thing because as they're sitting here on the porch now talking about, you know, expectations and all of that kind of stuff, um, he says, like, go to prom with me. And she's like, is that a request or a demand? (laughs) And, like, it's kind of joking. But then, you know, she kind of pushes it because he's like, he just says, like, like, go to prom with me. And then he uses what she said earlier about not doing what people expect to try and convince her to go, which immediately tunes her into the fact that, like, like, why are you being like this? Yeah, some red flags. Like, you should understand. Like, like, we literally just went through all of that, and now you're trying to tell me that I should do something because it's something that other people wouldn't expect for me to do but I've already said that I do not want to do. Like, mm-hmm. now you're just not. Um, and so, yeah, she's like, I, what? This is ridiculous. Like, I am not for this. Um, storms off, he goes away. So he's back in the doghouse again. <laughs> um, but while this is happening, he, uh, because... He's on the couch, not the doghouse. Okay, yeah, I guess technically he's inside. <laughs> it's the house, it's the metaphor here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but while she has, you know, s- stated now and definitely turned Patrick down on his request to go on a date, um, that has solidified that Bianca cannot go to prom. And Bianca really wants to go to prom. Um, we also, at this moment, no one else knows that Bianca wants to go to prom with Cameron, not with Joey. And so, you know, thinking that she's still going with Joey, they have a conversation of like, I'm not going to prom and I know you really want to, but Joey's not a good guy. And now they have the conversation where Kat reveals like, Joey and Kat dated, and the experience was that Joey pushed Kat to do something that she didn't want to do before she was ready, and 
it was in a time of like emotional need because her mom had just left and because of that she just did it because she thought that's what she was supposed to do and so because everyone was doing it it'll make you feel better yada yada um and she that was the moment when she was like i'm not gonna just do something because everyone else is doing it or that's what like i'm supposed to do and so she's trying to use this as a way to tell uh bianca like i know you want to go to prom and i know that like everyone else is going to prom but you don't have to do it just because everyone else is doing it and this is one of those situations where she's saying this to bianca but bianca is not looking for the same thing like they're not giving bianca the benefit of getting to make her own decision about herself and how she goes about her stuff which is kind of hypocritical of Kat, who mm-hmm. is mad at Kat for doing the exact same thing to her. So Bianca brings this up and she's like, so you want to protect me by letting me experience nothing. And she's like, not all experiences are good, Bianca. <laughs> and Bianca's like, how would I know? Because yeah. neither you let me do that. So like, if you're not going to go, don't go. But don't try to make it out like it's for me, because we all know it's for you. Which kind of clues Kat into, oh, crap, you're right. I have been doing all of this because of me, not because of Bianca. Bianca can make her own decisions. I want to make my own decisions. I I owe it to Bianca to at least have that. And so since their dad won't do it, she is like, okay, I'll go to prom with Patrick. I'll make things up with him and Bianca can go to prom like she really wants to. And it turns out that she's going with Cameron and not Joey because they dress up and <laughs> they, they dress up um, Chastity and Bianca and they're walking out the house and the dad's like, and where are you going? Kat and Bianca. Chastity um, doesn't oh, come until later. Yeah. yeah. And I'm actually completely wrong because what actually happens is Kat comes down the stairs, walks out the door and goes, I'm going to prom, bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Bianca comes down the stairs and opens the door because Cameron is there. And he's like, what is what is he doing here? And she's like, nope, we're going, bye. <laughs> and he's like, nope, stop, turn around, explain. And he's like, okay, dad, we're going to the prom. The prom. I seem to be hearing that word a lot lately. Is your sister going to the prom? Yeah, she actually found this guy that's kind of perfect for her. And I wanted to go to Cameron and he asked me to go with him. So, you know, since Kat can go, like, I'm going to go with Cameron. So, which is a surprise to everyone at this point, the audience and the father, because dad's like, oh, so not Joey, which is a little bit better because like, okay, well, at least Cameron's like, you know, respectable <laughs> he's like came to pick her up he was he was gonna introduce himself if she hadn't stopped him mm-hmm. but yeah so he's like interesting both of my daughters are going to the prom okay um yeah so they go to the prom patrick and cat meet up there and you know she apologizes for assuming the worst (laughs) which is one of those things where it's like it sucks that 
like yeah she shouldn't have assumed the worst but also but like, she was right this is what happened <laughs> um yeah it's one of those like your intention did not match up with what actually happened there mm-hmm. um so um, so then as soon as, <laughs> literally as soon as that happens, we go back to the house, uh, Joey knocks on Bianca's door and is like, hey, I'm here for Bianca. And the dad's like, funny, and like slams the door in his face, <laughs> which is great. Um, so then that pisses off Joey because he's like, literally, what the frick? Um, I just paid for all this stuff to happen and why is it not happening yeah being ripped off in a beautiful way (laughs) (laughs) so like yeah everyone else is at the prom having fun Um, Joey goes and gets Chastity which we find out later because Bianca goes to the restroom um, and she sees Chastity and she goes hey like what are you doing here I didn't know you were coming to the prom because both of them are sophomores, and she thought she was the only sophomore there, to which Chastity goes, I know you thought you were the only sophomore to get asked to the prom. Actually, she says, I know you didn't think you were the only sophomore yeah. to get asked to the prom. And then she says, Joey only asked you because he was going to nail you tonight. He had a bet going with his friends. Like, how dare you, like just stand by and let your best friend be taken advantage of like that. Yeah. Like what? And like And she like how my problem know this. Yeah, my so the Like why would you want to go out with that guy if that was his entire point of going out with her? Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be her quote unquote replacement? Hmm. Yeah, my I guess my one big critique about this film is like I just don't understand chastity. Chastity. Um, like she is supposedly this great friend to Bianca, pretty much up until this point, and she just like completely turns on her out of nowhere, and is just like a really mean person. Well, I wouldn't say it's out of nowhere because you do see her do it with Joey. Uh, well at the party yeah that's fair like even in the car she's like oh Joey like we should totally take this ride and Bianca's like I mean okay (laughs) like Bianca goes along with it yeah well okay so maybe not like the stealing Joey part but just like the fact that she seems to just hate Bianca she's almost like the quote unquote like pick me girl (laughs) Mm, yeah of the film yeah she is is... definitely Mm -hmm. but it is kind of like that friendship of like we're not really friends I'm just using you for your social status yeah like that kind of like mean girls um heathers-esque mm-hmm. relationship um but yeah so now bianca's pissed and she's fighting this out while joey comes running in <laughs> running into 
the place and is like Does he confront he confronts Patrick? Um because yeah, let me go to the he scene. He doesn't even know that Cameron is there. So he like comes in and he goes, What the heck, Verona? I thought we had a deal, blah 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 blah. And then uh -huh. that kind of like because he's yelling at Patrick alerts Michael and Cameron to mm -hmm. oh something's happening. Cameron goes to like intervene and he hits Cameron. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. So, <laughs> yeah. So he he says, you know, what the heck? I, this isn't what I what I paid you for. Cat finds out, oh, runs yeah, off. Patrick, yeah. Patrick chases after Cat because now Cat knows that Joey was paying Patrick to take her out. The and then she truly hates. Him. Yeah, and then once the Patrick and Cat run out, that's when Cameron tries to confront Joey. Because um, yeah. he protects all. Well, he won't let anything bad happen to any woman. When you let people say bad things about women, um, and considering Cat is his girlfriend's sister, he's got to, you know, try to stand up for her. He doesn't have to do anything, but he does. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, this is why we stand, Cameron. And, like, he already knows that there's absolutely no chance he can actually do it. Mm-hmm. Which makes it even, like, more noble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not trying he's to do like, it, like, out of... He can't do that. Like, he doesn't think about it. It's like a, oh, I'm gonna go and, like, beat this guy up. He's just like, uh -huh. hey, somebody's gonna stand up for her, and it will be me, because you can't just do that, my guy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what are you gonna do about it? And he goes, oh, shit, I didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah he gets punched in the face and then bianca comes running in which is wonderful because she goes hey joey and then she punches him in the face mm -hmm. she goes this is for my sister and then she punches him again this is for my date and then she knees him in the balls and goes and this is for me and he goes what the hell bianca i'm shooting a nose spray out tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah well and it's a, it's great yeah it's great because um you know you have cameron kind of like coming in as the white knight right mm -hmm. who's gonna theoretically kind of um save the damsel in distress but yeah. then he quickly gets his ass handed to him and then you've got um another damsel theoretically in distress sweeping in and rescuing him the white knight mm -hmm. complete so, role reversal <laughs> yeah and it's great um so yeah so that happens and then you get um cat and patrick and you know like they don't really resolve this here they have the my intention was never like patrick is saying my intention was never to hurt you. I do like you. Like, he, like you don't have the whole story here. Please hear me out. And Kat's like, I can't believe you took money from the one person that I literally hate. And, like, you know I hate him. <laughs> because I said I hated you. Mm -hmm. And I did not act. 
I act like that to him, and you should know better. <laughs> um, especially after she just apologized to him for misreading a situation, and then finding out that it was completely that situation, even if there is more to it at face level. Mm -hmm. Her gut reaction was valid. Yeah. So, like, not only... And it, it kind of, like, like, confirms, like, her worst fears of, like, what the world really is. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, oh, it's just confirmation of, like, this is why I shouldn't let my walls down. This is why I shouldn't let people in. Like, the world really is a shitty place. Yeah. And on top of that, it's also that I had these doubts and I expressed them and you made me feel like they weren't real. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. so not only gaslight, but yeah, now I also feel like I can't trust myself because mm -hmm. I was right. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so yeah, um, you know, she, they have this conversation and they kind of just leave it there, like in the open, like they're both, they both kind of accept the other person for like their explanation but that's that. Like, they're kind of not going to, you know, neither one of them is going to be like, what we both did was wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's more to it than that. And I should also be sensitive to that because I should know better than to just assume, like, both of them should have known better than to assume things about the other person. Mm -hmm. And to understand probably a lot more to whatever it is that they're mad about. And should be willing to listen to that. Yeah. Um, which then, of course, comes the final thing of the, pl of the show, or the movie, <laughs> which is... Well, also, hold on real quick, right before we end the prom scene, um, as they're arguing... Patrick does say, like, I do really care about you. And then he kisses her. And, like, it's, it oh, is a yeah. forced kiss. Um, and Kat fights back and pushes him away and then runs off. But um, yeah. at that point, Patrick realizes, oh, consent has been taken back. I no longer have her consent. Not that he should have done that in the first place, because, like, obviously it is very wrong. But he doesn't chase after her. He lets her go and gives her, the yeah. you know, the space that she rightly needs in that moment. Mm -hmm. it's almost like the exact opposite of the car <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah intentions was yeah like one of those like no <laughs> mm -hmm. um so yeah that happens and then you know they don't really kind of have well we we know that patrick has that immediately because we can see it on his face in that scene but we don't kind of get the cat having understood like I'm also wrong for like not only having assumed the worst but also assuming that his intentions were not good because he has given me nothing like to think that about him so like mm -hmm. now I'm the critical um when she's talking to her dad and Bianca is going on a date with Cameron the dad's like hey um how was the prom? I heard it was like popping, you know, you guys had so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to relate. And uh -huh. Because like, he's a good probably... dad who pays attention to his kids. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and she's like, well, it probably wasn't popping like you're thinking, but Bianca did beat it some dude, so that was a highlight. And he's like, what? And she's like, I know, you don't want me to rub off on her. And he's like, no, I'm impressed. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad you rubbed off on her. Like, I want her to be more cool. like you. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, and he kind of admits, like, I'm being so overprotective, but that's just because I want to be in your lives. And, you know, like, now that your sister is getting older and acting more like you, yes, I now have the confidence in her that she can take care of herself, but that also means that, like, she won't need me anymore. And you haven't needed me for a while now. So now I feel like, as a dad, like, I'm just, you know, on the sidelines. So, like, forgive me for being overbearing but also know that like i still love you guys um in which he kind of responds with like the i did give a check to sarah lawrence so i hope you haven't given up on that because that's not money i'm gonna get back yeah <laughs> which is like such a dad thing to do yeah that's such a dad <laughs> that's cute Mm -hmm. And so basically through that conversation is kind of the, oh, you admitting that you have essentially, like, robbed Bianca of making her own decisions and choices and, like, understanding the world for herself has kind of made me consider my actions in the situation that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And then we get the uh, namesake of the movie, which is her poem. So they're presenting their sonnets in class. Um, and they ask for who's going to go first, to which Kat uh, actually volunteers to go first. And this also happens to be one of the few days that Patrick doesn't skip his class. <laughs> <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> um, and so everyone's kind of like, oh, surprised because, like, why did Kat volunteer to go first? Like, I thought she was going to think that this assignment was dumb, even though she literally said that she liked the assignment. I, um, I don't know. Like, I kind of picture her, like, as annoying as she is, I think she's also a teacher's pet. I have no idea. That's just how I kind of see her. Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, she she storms out of the class. And Patrick should have followed her. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't follow her, which is like, oof. First he didn't call. Now he doesn't follow her. It's okay. He's been busy. He had shopping to do. Yeah, he had to go to the music store real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I also very much want to know how he found out about the tension. Because he didn't know until, or he didn't know when they went on their date in the in the boat. Because he's like, oh yeah, how did you get me out of detention? She's oh like, no, oh, he I'm did. Like, yeah. As he's climbing out the window. Yeah. No, he doesn't see it. She goes, I dazzled him with my wits. He goes, okay. Hold on. And then, Let me so, pull it, pull this up. But he, as he's climbing out the window, he definitely pauses and, like, looks at her as she flashes the teacher. 
Does she? Yeah. Well, and I'm pulling it up. Give me a second. (laughs) Oh, because he was teasing her. Oh. Well, she didn't know that he knew. Oh, no, because she's focused on the teacher. Okay. (laughs) Um, He's going towards the window. They look left. We go right. Bang, we score. We win. Um, He's crawling out the window. Yeah. As he's crawling out the window, she's looking directly at the teacher. And he, Patrick, is looking back at her as she flashes him. Um, So he does pause as he's climbing out the window. But she's so focused on the teacher that she can't see him looking at her. (laughs) That's funny. So, yeah, he doesn't follow her out of the classroom as she runs out sobbing but you know he feels bad (laughs) (laughs) he looks like he's on the verge of tears himself he really does it's very heartbreaking um so then yeah Kat just kind of had a day so she's like I'm just gonna go home she opens up well she doesn't open anything she walks up to her car which always has the windows down (laughs) I'm assuming it's because they don't go up. (laughs) I mean, for as old and crappy as her car looks, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, So, yeah, and he and there is a bass sitting in the seat. And she's like, oh, my God, what is this? I'm just kidding. It's not a bass. It's a guitar. It's her. She's like, oh, my God. And it's like the same guitar that she was playing in the music store that she didn't know he was in right before he approached her in the bookstore. Um, and so he kind of like, you know, saunters into the scene and she's like, was this you? And he's like, yeah, some idiot dude paid me a bunch of money to take out this girl I really like. (laughs) And so I had some extra cash. (laughs) Um, and she's like, are you freaking serious? Like, I hate you. (laughs) Sorry, <laughs> that wasn't even a good joke. Um, <laughs> I will be going to sleep after this. Uh, okay. So yeah, he. So they have like the moment, and then she she's like, "Wow, that's so sweet." But and she doesn't actually say that. But um, she goes, "You know, you can't buy me a guitar every time you mess up." And he goes, "Yeah, but I figure, you know, there's always the bass. Maybe one day a tambourine." <laughs> Which is great. Um, And then they kiss. And they keep kissing. And it's the end of the movie. Music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which you have great trivia about. Yeah, so... um, I actually learned more about the trivia. But uh, apparently Mm -hmm. the... um, The director, uh, Gil Junger, asked the studio for $500,000 to get a helicopter to film um, this band on top of the high school that they're at, you know, playing the end credit songs. Um, And I guess the studio told them no, but it got lost somewhere in the communication and the director heard yes. So they went ahead and filmed, um, got the helicopter and so they yes. got they got this band um, on top of this tiny little like square patch of roof, and they're only being held in 
with like these thin little wires. Um, I believe the the lead in the band said that it was like chicken wire essentially. Um, but she said while they're up there, they said they were told not to mess up because every time the helicopter has to take off, it's $500,000. So they're on top of this roof trying to play their instruments, um, being held in by like nothing and just trying their hardest not to mess up. And they see the helicopter come up and it does a couple uh, circles around the building and circles around them. And they don't know what's going on. All they know is that they're supposed to play their instruments and make it look real good. Um, and then all of a sudden, whoever was, uh, I believe it was Gil Junger, who was in the helicopter, and might have just been the cinematographer, but someone gave the helicopter pilot, um, you know, just told him like, hey, you need to like dive bomb them, like you need to rush them. Mm -hmm. And so the lead in the band just kind of like, as she's like trying to sing, looks up and sees this helicopter um dive bomb her has no clue no clue what's going on honestly truly thinks that it's about to crash right into them but is so worried about the price of what a mess up could mean just continues to play her instrument and like sing her heart out <laughs> oh my god and then and then you know afterwards everything comes you know to light everyone finally gets real communication going and it turns out to be one of the greatest scenes or one of the greatest shots in the movie that yeah, the studio at watch. that it's point. It's like as the credits, right? Uh, Yeah, it's as the credits start rolling. And like literally after you told me the story when I was watching it, I was like, they get pretty freaking close. Yeah. <laughs> like the shot, it literally looks like you're going to run into them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. That's crazy. And well, imagine like, cause the air, the air, the force of the air that must be coming off the helicopter only to be like held on to like this, like little tiny square part of like, cause they've got all their instruments and them on this tiny little square of a roof held in by chicken wire. And you're blink being blown around by like this helicopter wind too, as it's just like basically crashing oh into God. you. I am so surprised none of them panicked hmm. phenomenal professionals mm. professionals yep. truly i feel like okay so like obviously we have to play fmf um mm. and i mean i feel like the main dudes are probably gonna be the three main dudes of the movie joey cameron patrick patrick yeah but i feel like you already know what I'm going to say. I'm curious. I'm curious out of like where you would place Patrick and Cameron. I mean, I think we can both agree that um, we'd what friend zone. Uh, what's his face? Joey. <laughs> well, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm actually I like I'm trying to in the corner of my eye. I'm trying to pull up um, so the would, helicopter scene. But I would screw Joey, friends. That's what I meant. Um, because I'm cat, and okay, literally, that's what cat did. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, oh, ha -ha, it is. Mm -hmm. So, um, I 
meant to say uh fuck joey because you know fuck him one done get him out of the way never have to see him again um but i was curious about your um heath ledger and joseph gordon lovett essentially um i love cameron yeah but as i have established on the podcast before (laughs) i like to be equals with my partner (laughs) yeah um and not that you know he wouldn't be just like in physicality and you know like i just it should be anybody's guess as to who would be dumb. <laughs> we already went over if I'm fight or flight. We already know I'm fight, so. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I do have the scene pulled up real quick, but let me finish. And I would um, tell every single one of my friends to, to like, marry Cameron. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. obviously they can't have Patrick. I have Patrick. So I, so. Would be Cameron. Yeah, I feel like a good, like, general rule of thumb, because I have to choose Mary Patrick, friends on Cameron, pretty much for your reasons. But, like, honestly, depending on the day, it might flip-flop. But I do have... Oh, shoot. I just went back. Okay, there we go. I do have the scene pulled up for the roof and the helicopter scene. They... So, the the roof is not flat. It's mostly flat and it looks flat, but it does have a bit of an angle to it. So they had to build this <laughs> tiny God. little stage. And like this stage, there's no free room on this stage. Yeah, they're like crammed it, on there. Yeah, if if it's not them or their uh, instruments, then it's their speakers. Um, And it does, it starts off with them just getting real close and like circling them. And then, uh, and then that's when it dive bombs them. And it is, it's pretty crazy. All right. We have gotten to the end. So what would you rate the movie? Um, 10 out of 10. I have to. (laughs) I mean, like with the amount of times that I have rewatched this movie, recommended this movie, um, made other people watch this movie, quoted this movie. Like, there's no reason for me not to give it a 10 out of 10. I will admit, it's a pretty cookie-cutter movie. Very, very stereotypical teen high school drama prom movie. Um, it is just so good. The execution is perfect. Um, and it is because it is 1999, it is pretty dated, um, with some of the costuming and the insults and, um, some of the things that, you know, the characters say to each other, uh, mm-hmm. b- but I still think it holds up to this day. I was going to give it like a 9.5, but for all the reasons you just said, <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, it still, like, holds up. Like, it's still better than a lot of stuff that we have today. Some issues with, you know. hmm <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, certain things like that. But, like, yeah, wonderful writing is so good. Like, mm-hmm. it's a case study. Like, it's... Character, really. 
Yeah. So this this is what I want to see in more high school movies and TV shows. Like, I don't want to, like, that edgy, like, um, no one understands me, I know best type of, like, teenager, the Riverdale effect, mm-hmm. right? I want, I want this wholesome, like, I don't know what's going on. We're all in this together. Um, okay, so High School Musical, essentially. <laughs> like, the, the wholesome, just, like, because nowadays everyone just makes high school seem like it was such, like, this dark, depressing period of time that no one likes because we're all going through such an awkward phase in our lives. Which and it wasn't, but yes, also. <laughs> but also it wasn't just that, like high school for a lot of people um, was yeah. a great Some time. Like they made lifelong life. friends. Yeah. So I, and, and it's just like, stop making kids like fear what high school is. Like let them enjoy being young and stupid. And you know, making yeah. mistakes, and like having the yeah, the space to make mistakes mm-hmm. with with like, mostly minimal consequences, depending on the mistake. Yeah, and like it's not like euphoria where it's like these mm-hmm. are completely insane things to be happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I feel like this one's actually a fairly good interpretation of like high school because it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure, they probably all look like adults in this high school, but like. For the most part, they understand the whole, I want to act like I know everything, even though I don't. But at the same time, like, they don't, they write them with the understanding that, like, they are kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, this is the time for them to make mistakes. They're still, like, exploring who they are and understanding that. It doesn't make sense for there to be cliques and, like, stereotypes like this so solid. Mm-hmm. And then for everyone think that they really do fit into those boxes like as as the movie does like they present (laughs) everyone with the boxes that they're in and then are like yes but no one in these boxes really feels like they belong here Mm -hmm. they're all deep complex characters Mm -hmm. not to knock euphoria because everyone in euphoria isn't what you think they are either but Mm. like just in general, there there isn't a lot of um, there isn't a lot of times when they actually portray that aspect of high school. A lot of times, it's the what comes after high school mm-hmm. that they're dealing with instead of being in the moment. A lot of the times, so yeah. Recommendations. Pretty much everything else these women have written. <laughs> yeah, that, they, that that was mine too. So as a reminder, that's she's Legally Blonde, Legally House Bunny, Blonde. she's the man. Um, also, just any 90s rom-com, just about, as long as it was written by a woman. Was Easy A written by a woman? What? Easy A? Uh, let's look it up one moment. I mean, I, I would recommend that one as well. It's very similar. I think one of those like adaptation mm-hmm. books to modern day. No, it was not. It was written by Bert V. Royal, directed by Will Gluck. But starring Emma Stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Amanda Bynes. 
Oh my god, I forgot she was the Yashi. I know. <laughs> oh my god. That's funny. I, mean, um, I find that movie to be really funny. So It is. Yeah. I'm not a huge Emma Stone fan. Not because she's a bad in any way. Um, it's purely because of her voice. There's something about her voice that just kind of doesn't sit right with me. So it's more of a, like a very, yeah, a very personal thing <laughs> compared to like anything else. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. Um, we have some patrons we got a shout out. Um, thank you to Susan Johnson and Kawana Coleman for being VIPs on our Patreon. If you guys are also interested in being on our Patreon, you can find us. We are Finding the Podcast, obviously, <laughs> um, on Patreon. So go ahead and you can subscribe there. Um, we do have a YouTube channel where you can listen to all of these episodes as well. Um, but if you would like to watch, we do have them on Patreon, plus other fun and exclusive content. Um, we we do have some fun things coming up for you guys to look out for. Um, one of them is a pretty big deal, and we're very excited about it. Um, and it's all thanks to you guys, everyone that listens and supports us. Um, so thank you so much for that, and we cannot wait to share it with you. Um, and yeah, so thank you so much for listening and for being along with us on this journey. And we will be with you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.